Welcome to the Movie Planet Season 6, Episode 8. This week, we are talking 1996's Scream. With Joe. What's your favorite scary movie? And Josh. You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish, understand? Welcome to the Movie Planet. Joining me is the Billy Loomis to my Stu Mocker, Josh. Are you glad you put all those new grades in? <laughs> that was a good warm-up yes. for this discussion. And yeah, I, I'm i glad to be on the boards. I'm glad you're I'm, on the boards. We're going to get you on more boards. I'm glad to screw up some of these rankings. <laughs> no, I, you didn't. You brought balance to the force. <laughs> Uh, and th these rankings will come out next week, obviously. This week, jo it's kind of a joint effort. Josh and Joe have nominated Scream for the mm -hmm. Horror Movie Pantheon from 1996. The Horror Movie Pantheon consists of seven and only seven films. And let's go through the Horror Pantheon. Let's just get this out of the way. Yes, okay. Uh, because there's another one Pantheon I want your input on, and that is the Action Pantheon. Yeah, okay. That's where all your Mad Maxes are. Mm -hmm. You don't have any grades for those. I know. It's it, And you, my friend... It's kind of a travesty. It is a travesty, <laughs> but we've treated them with respect. Yes. Okay. Okay. So let's just look at the horror pantheon. Uh, right now, the top seven are The Exorcist with a perfect score across the board. Mm -hmm. Then Evil Dead 2013, because I'm changing my grade on this one from an 85 to a 92. I, I saw that. A B to an A minus. Uh -huh. It just, it scares the hell out of me. Okay. It's... I, I don't know why, because I don't really respect a whole lot that Fetty Alvarez does, but that mm -hmm. movie, I, I could watch that movie on a loop. So, are, but that is your ranking as it sits as a film overall, not necessarily as it sits within the canon of Evil Dead. It, my original grade was where it sits in the canon of Evil okay. Dead, but at the time I was confused because the word requel hadn't really become a thing. Yeah. This is a requel. Yeah. And, damn you... <laughs> Uh, those of the production companies, it was supposed to lead to a Bruce Campbell and uh, the, the lead female in it, mm -hmm. a mixture of them in the next movie. Okay. So it's supposed to merge it together. It had the right intentions. Mm -hmm. It's like the Force Awakens had the right intentions. Right. And then they all went away. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, and then I, I've got Jaws in there. Jaws, I moved down. Mm -hmm. because I had it as a perfect score or as a 95. And I was like, it, I have more fun. I'm not scared of this movie. I just have fun with it now. Like it's a fun movie to watch. It's my, one of my favorite movies. Yes. It doesn't, it's not as much of a horror film though. It, it plays more in the dramedy. Yes. Camp, I really feel like. Yeah. Yep. And I know here, and the only reason I had it so elevated was because I'm like, people are still scared to go in the water mm -hmm. because of this movie. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what, 50 years removed from it? Right. It, but it's like, at some point, though, when do I take it off the nostalgia shelf and go, but here it is in 2023. Mm -hmm. This movie's released today. Is it a horror movie anymore? Right. It As a piece of craft, I think it is impeccable. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I love Jaws. Okay. Uh, we have The Thing at 1982. Mm -hmm. uh, we got It Chapter One and The 
Okay. <laughs> We've got the cabin in the woods at number six because mm-hmm. it's just very, very well done. And the fly has snuck in there. Okay. Now. You, my friend, you've got, we've got a bunch of other movies that are in there also. The Ring is in the Rest, the Poltergeist, Exorcism of Emily Rose, Carrie, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, which is funny to be in there. Yeah. The Evil Dead from 1981, The Thing from 2011, and Mother from 2017. All right, Danzig, thank you very much. <laughs> so, Josh? Yes. It's The Exorcist. What grade would you give The Exorcist? Exorcist is an A plus. It is an A plus. It is. It still works as a horror film and as a drama. Okay. Like, once again, an impeccable piece of work. It. And what I love the fact is that they still tout that. No, it's a drama first. Yeah. Like, yeah that's cute. That's, <laughs> the Exorcist is one of the only films that I couldn't make it through the first few times I tried to watch it. Oh, yeah. Granted, I was, you know, like early teens or whatever. Okay. Uh, I was a tween or whatever, I think. Um but it, it was too intense. And there's still scenes early on that they messed me up. Really? Yeah. It's- See, the first time I saw it, I was nine. And as soon as the bed started shaking, mm-hmm. I was done. Mm-hmm. I was like, nope, not. Nah, I got to watch something else. And I took the tape out and I put in Aliens because I didn't know what that was. <laughs> and then I was stuck for two and a half hours in a chair. I had to piss so bad, but I couldn't move because I was just, you know, the little man underneath the chair is going to grab your legs. Oh, yeah. And now they're aliens. <laughs> and I already have a problem with spiders. And this doesn't help. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that it plays right into uh, a, like a, a Venn diagram of, of horrible things for you. <laughs> Everything I fear all in one, <laughs> and still one of my favorite movies. <laughs> um, okay, hey, Evil Dead twenty thirteen. Okay, what are your thoughts on it? So the last time I watched it, it really went up in my estimation. The first time, I think I was expecting more of an Evil Dead movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I was. Yeah, and it's. It's a weird, uh, sits in a weird place between um, something goofy like Evil Dead mm-hmm. uh, or your cabins in the woods is. Mm-hmm. But it's not as self serious as the Conjuring films. No. Those I feel like are very dour. Those are just straight up serious. Yeah. They're, there's no fun to be had. And they're not even like uh, talking about another franchise, the Insidious movies. You have, they're not goofy, but there's like, they're over the top. There's some levity there. Right. Uh, you know, with regards to that. Um, so I was, I did not know where to peg evil dead when I first watched it. Um, 2013. Mm-hmm. And, but this last time it really went up. I'm, I'm going to have to go a solid B B. Yes. Okay. So that's an 85 right there. Oh, I got my number lock on. That'll be helpful. <laughs> 85. Okay. So that has evil Dead now at a 92.3%. Uh, okay. Jaws. Jaws, as a horror film. As a this, horror film. This hurts me to say it. I, I, It pains me too. Yeah. But as a horror film, it's still there's some really effective scares. Yes. When it comes out of the water for the first time. Yeah. The the Kittner boy scene. Yes. Like, that's upsetting. Um, towards the end, it gets a little goofy. You know, with Quint on the boat. Yeah. Yeah, it does. The Kittner Boy thing, I love that scene, though, because to this day, I don't know what I'm watching. Mm-hmm. And I have paused it several times, like, <laughs> is it a fin? Is it a mouth? What is it? Because I'm just like going, this is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's, have you seen the behind the scenes 
oh. the stills and everything. Oh, yes. And, like, it was supposed to be a blood geyser. <laughs> when, yeah. <laughs> Evil Dead showed up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it pains you. It it pains me. Um, as a horror film, I'm putting it below Evil Dead, but still a B. Can we go? Okay. Can we do, like, an 82? We, well, an 82 is a B minus. Okay, let's go 82. Yeah. Okay, 82. Uh, there we go. So that's down to a 90. I okay. think it's still pretty fair. It's buoyed by JC and Joel's A's mm-hmm. that they gave when we first started doing the show seven years ago. Got it. Yeah. So it's a different animal now. The Thing, 82. Okay. Your boy Carpenter. Yes. I love The Thing. Uh, I just rewatched it, I guess it was a couple months ago. Okay. We did a watch along on a Discord that I'm part of. Oh, nice. Um, and we did a double feature of The Thing from Another World and The Thing. It was great. You skipped over? The 2011 thing? Yeah. Some people hung around for that one, but I was like, I've already put in my, my <laughs> three and a half, four hours with this. I'm yes. good to go do something else for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to go A minus. A minus. Yes. I'm loving this now. Yeah. Let's All see right. what this does. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it chapter one. Oh my gosh. This and the reason why we have it up. First of all, I think it got yeah. It's a B, an A minus, and an A minus, and it's because there's kids involved, mm-hmm. and these kids can actually act. They're the Stranger Kings, uh, Stranger Things group. These are right, kids right. that can finally act in these things. Uh, I don't, f- as a horror film, yes. Like if I'm putting on the what you call it, a nostalgia blanket, okay. Yes, it it's not even for my own childhood, but it plays into that so well. Yeah, just like Stranger Things does. Um, but as a horror film. I'm going B minus. B minus. B minus. I like it. Yep. See, and this is this is why I love having you on here is because, <laughs> it, you know, for those that don't remember Josh, <laughs> King Kong, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we had a ball talking about King Kong. Yes. And I want to get you on more because you bring some credibility to us mainstream, <laughs> casual, I like movies kind of people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So your grade kind of b- brings balance to the force. Uh-huh. And I like that. Um, okay, Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods, um, I think, is that perfect line between deconstructionist and a good example of what it is, mm-hmm. which we're going to get to. Scream. Yes, we're going to talk about it. Uh, so I'm going to go A-. minus. A-? Yes. Oh, you are, you know what? Bring in the heat. I, you're making me want to change my grade back up again. <laughs> uh, the Fly? The Fly, um, body horror, body Cronenbergish. Yes. Um, super goopy. Oh, <laughs> more ways than one. Yes. Um, but as a horror film, it's, it's a solid B. I think it's incredibly well made. Though. Might be the most consistent grade we got going across. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now the ring, the ring, uh, American Gore Verbinski. Yes. Okay. Because I not Ringu. Yes, I did a rewatch of all of those and like the Ringu versus uh, the Grudge. Oh, yes, because they both came out like the exact same time, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. So there's like the Japanese versions and there's a whole thing. It's meow. Yeah. It's. uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But for uh, 2002's The Grudge. or the ring. The ring. The ring. Uh, I, I'm i going higher. You are. Yeah, I'm going to go B+. Plus. You're going to make Caitlin so happy. Okay. <laughs> she's been like, she's like, how is it in B-? How do you not like this? I was like, it's 
there's some issues I got with this thing. Mm-hmm. Just don't answer the fucking phone. <laughs> you solved the problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which we can get to today. A scream also. <laughs> okay, Poltergeist. I love Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. It is one of my top five horror movies of all time because mm-hmm. it's so accessible. Okay, yeah. I gave it a B plus. Sam gave it a B minus. What say you, my friend, a fan of horror? A minus. I'm 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 skewing things hard. <laughs> Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? That's right. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, this makes me so happy. Okay, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Okay, which I maintain is the second best exorcism movie I've ever seen, next to The Exorcist, only because hmm. it did something different. Yes. It didn't do it. Oh, we're going to do a conjuring thing and just show you the possession. Mm-hmm. We're going to deconstruct it in a courtroom right. and tell you the science and the faith behind everything. And you got to decide still. I thought that was brilliant. Okay. But you. Yes. Um, I last watched this 13 years ago. Okay. It was uh, 2010 right after the flood happened here. Oh, like I have a very distinct memory of it being one of the first movies I watched when we moved into our new place. This movie's been imprinted after the old one got mm-hmm. uh, messed up by the flood. So I've probably seen it two or three times. Um, I don't remember it playing as well as a, as a horror movie. Okay. I love the drama aspect of it. Yeah. And I think it really leans hard into that. Does. Yeah. Um, B minus. B minus. B minus. All right. As a film, as a film, I would give it slightly higher. Yeah. But as a horror film, B minus. Uh, Carrie from 1976. I gave it a B. Sam mm-hmm. gave it a C plus. This was a listener. This was a, this was a listener request. That she was like, "For my birthday, can you do Carrie?" I uh-huh. was like, "We can, but you may not like what we have to say." Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I think it's iconic, mm-hmm. uh, and. There is something, it's a much like, the same reason why I love Emily Rose, the same reason I like Carrie, is because though the lead actress in it, her face is haunting. Yes. She's beautiful mm-hmm. in this movie, but when she gets that blood on her, I wouldn't want to see that in my, you know, on a, on a sunny day walking around. Right. That's scary as hell. Sissy Spacek nails the entire performance, and her mom scares the shit out of me. Yes. That that <laughs> wasn't printed early on for me. Mama Bear? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, oh my God. She messed me up real bad. Yes. And and set some expectations of mine for overly religious people. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> Had such an impact you were like, fuck it, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, we're sitting around the table and praying before dinner. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I know where this is going. Like your kids winding up in a closet. Even that Jesus in the closet yeah. was scary looking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, The the glowing white (laughs) eyes. Yes. (laughs) But I've said enough about it. Go ahead for it. I'm going B+. B+. Yeah, it still creeps me out. Okay. Even though I've seen it multiple times. Now we're in your wheelhouse here. Yes, we are. Okay. Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. Okay. Evil Dead 2 is not as creepy as Evil Dead. No. And I just rewatched these. um, It wasn't very long ago. They did a reissue of uh, OG Evil Dead okay, um, in, the, in the theaters. And during lockdown, I went to the drive-in and did a double feature. Oh, that is so cool. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with my boys from my Western podcast, I do. Yo, the, the uh, uh, CA, right? 
Yeah, no, 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 Stagecoach Justice. Okay. My other, other show. Sorry, the <laughs> other, other one. Yes. <laughs> Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want to talk westerns, spaghetti westerns. I would love a Sherpa to help me understand westerns. That's the point of the show. That is, uh, and it starts, we start with the 50s. Yeah. With Jimmy Stewart, with... Um, uh, Audie Murphy. Okay. With these classic ones. Yeah. And then we kind of jump around to different genres. See, so I would do a series on each one. I would love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But Evil Dead 2, <laughs> it's a splat stick. Yes. It, it, heavy on the splat stick. It's, it's a horror Yes. Uh, <laughs> so even though I love it, I love, love, love it. Yes. It's not that great of a horror film. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be minus. B minus. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So far, you've been very generous though. Like we have a B minus, we have a C plus and a B minus. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Army of Darkness. I oh, this is the got the exact same grades too. Yeah. And I'm I'm right looks like I'm right in line with you on this one. Yeah. Uh once again because it's a comedy. Army of Darkness's first 45 minutes is the strongest of any of the Evil Deads. Ooh, that's but, a bold statement. But we also forget that there's another half hour of that movie <laughs> that we don't want to watch. <laughs> oh my God. All right. you, you don't like the, the, uh, the castle siege. Yes. No. I'm but, like, I don't, this isn't funny anymore. I want the funny parts. The, the animated puppets, the animated, uh, skeletons playing the flute and everything. <laughs> it's just like, I love that part. But once the siege starts, you're like, Okay, let's skip to when he's at this his store again. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where's my alternate ending? <laughs> Shop smart. Shop smart. Shop smart. <laughs> Army of Darkness. So Army of Darkness B minus B minus as a horror film. It's, yeah. it's got elements, but it doesn't it doesn't creep me out. Okay, now this is where you're gonna have your soul mm-hmm. tore out. Yes, The Evil Dead. I gave it a C minus. Now let me explain why. Yeah, you need to. I- <laughs> I expect an explanation here, sir. My explanation for this is, although it is the grandfather Mm -hmm. of so many different branches, Mm -hmm. it looks so dated. Okay. It really does. And I don't think that audiences today could be frightened by this movie because of how claymation it looks at times. Mm -hmm. I still maintain it as daring as hell. Okay. I mean, it was rated X. It was the, the tree rape scene Ooh. still very upsetting. Gets stuck in your brain. Yeah. But e- evil dead was a great, I got my foot in the door. Now give me some money and I'm going to do evil dead too. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, you can just tell he was more, he got to be more creative with it. Even, oh, for sure. Even though, and I'll maintain this, the, Making of of the Evil Dead is legendary. Yes, it is beautiful. But I have to put it just just below that average mark of a C by today's standards. Mm-hmm. Now, if you ask me if I love it or not, it's a ten out of ten. Okay, absolutely. But I got to look at it from a different angle on this, which mm-hmm. kind of sucks at times because I. Don't like doing that. <laughs> so I gave it a C minus. Sam gave me the big finger in the air and said it's a B plus mofo. Mm-hmm. What say you? Okay. Not only is it it's formative for me personally. Yes. Uh, it's 
formative for horror mm-hmm. and gore. Like I think it does what uh, Night of the Living Dead did for zombies. Yes. Yeah. You know, he really upped the gore quotient, uh, showed things that you couldn't see before, basically. So you're talking, not the fifties one. Oh yeah. Well, oh. what gore was in the fifties one? Oh, there's, uh, there's people eating like raw oh, meat. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm thinking like when they remade it later on, you're like, oh no, that, okay. That's weird. Oh yeah. The, <laughs> the Tony Todd. Yes. Yes. Tom Savini and everything. Yeah. Uh, but evil dead, because I've had these two screenings, public screenings recently. Yeah. Uh, one of them, I took my, my lovely daughter, mm-hmm. my lovely 17 year old daughter too. Yeah. It, it fucked her up. <laughs> the evil dead did the evil dead because, uh, it's not just scary. It is upsetting with the the pencil through the Achilles heel. Okay. That part. The whole uh the when the deadite gets trapped in the basement and is pounding on Oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, which is done over and over in these movies. <laughs> I mean, well, it, it's a staple now. <laughs> yes. If you don't have that in your movie, it's not an evil it's dead. It's not movie. an evil dead. In fact, if I see Evil Dead Rise today and I don't see somebody locked in some kind of cellar in some way, yes. I'd be like, yeah, this is not a movie. <laughs> it doesn't fit. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I find that very it's it's closer to like Texas Chainsaw. Okay, me, where it's it's it doesn't creep me out. Yeah, it's upsetting. Like the noise, the voice, the actions, it's upsetting to me. So I think it really works. I'm I'm gonna go B plus. Okay, yes. all right. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to look at my notes for what I said for that movie. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And this is for the Evil Dead. Oh. <laughs> I said, when it came to the story, I have a feeling the conversation went like this. <laughs> I've, Sam Raimi, I've got an idea for a movie. And the producer was like, okay, go. He goes, five kids stuck in a cabin in the woods and they all get destroyed by a malevolent force. Okay, who's the hero? Uh, you don't know him. <laughs> His name's Bruce. Okay, who are the other kids? Yeah, you really don't know them either. Don't worry about that. Are they good actors? Uh. Good enough, I think. <laughs> well, what's the story going to be? No story. Just five kids in a cabin in the woods. It'll be gross and weird. And six years from now, people will say, because it's so low budget, it'll be called Campy with Reverence. <laughs> and the wow. producer go, so we got to wait six years before it's considered good? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but my original grade, I said, I appreciate what this film is. And as an art film, it might be a B plus or an A minus. Uh, but for a casual viewer, I said it was a C minus. Ooh. I know, I know, I That's, know. I feel is, dirty reading that it. That is offensive to me personally. I feel dirty reading it. <laughs> uh, and the fact that uh, it was shot, a large portion of it was shot somewhat local to us. Morristown? Yeah. Yeah, yeah which you can make a pilgrimage to. It, well, the yeah. cabin's not there. Yeah, it burned down. But. Yeah, which they should just remake, the, re- rebuild the cabin. Yeah. You know, have, have it as a, a historical land, land site. Okay, so The Evil Dead is a? B plus. B plus. B plus. All right. Uh, I feel better that you're buoying these up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Thing from 2011. Oh, no. Uh, I gave it a D. Sam gave it a D. <laughs> okay. Not to be purient, there is one redeeming element in this movie. Is it the fact that it's it ends the way that Thing starts? No, that is that is fun. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's that's kind of like, it, it's clever. It's cute. Yeah. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. Oh, she's great. She is fantastic. Uh, and this is the thing that's happened to her over and over again, where she gets saddled with uh, material that is not up to her. Which makes me wonder, like, how is she choosing these properties? Yeah. 
Like, she's got the talent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, But I really liked her in uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, I did too. Yeah. No, uh, Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I liked her in that. I liked her in Scott Pilgrim. Yes. You know, it, but it's kind of like, okay, well, what else is there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's the thing. Um, what was the um, uh, the guy she was with who did um, his faults? Have you ever seen that? The faults. No. Um, the cult uh, deprogramming movie? I have not. With, uh, it's got... She was with this guy named Riley Stearns, who's a um, writer-director. Okay. Uh, I don't remember if they were married or just dating or whatever. Right. Um, but they were together for quite a while. Um, and this movie features her. It's it's a two-hander. It's her and Leland Orser. Okay. Uh, do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Seven. He's the, if anybody doesn't know, he's, he's the very sad man <laughs> who um, has a prosthetic penile enhancement that there, has a blade on it. It's gross. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. Uh, and he, he exists in movies just to get beaten up. I think. Okay. Like that's, um, he's in one of the aliens. Uh, Oh my God. He is, yes. isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. And, and he, he's a sacrifice. Yes. Yeah. He's a retcher. Yes. Basically. <laughs> um, but Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, I think that, that she is fantastic. The movie sucks. I I really do not uh, enjoy that. No, that the thing. Uh, yeah. What did you give? C minus. No. Sam and I both gave it a D. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay. Let's let's go hard D. Sorry for my phrase. Wake up, Daddy. Show. Um. Yeah. When when we were looking at the thing, I remember saying, "I was like, it's a cool idea to do a prequel to it, but why'd you make the same movie?" Yeah. Uh, okay. And then finally, mother, <laughs> mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gave it a D minus. Sam gave it a D. This was. Um, I went and saw it with an ex girlfriend, the Aronofsky hot mess, uh, and and my buddy uh, Eli. And as soon as it was over, yeah. the girl I was dating at the time said, "That's a great movie that I'm never fucking watching again." <laughs> I think up until <laughs> up until the very recent Bo is Afraid, which I have not seen yet, but right. I've heard, yeah. uh, it is the closest thing to a panic attack put on film that I have seen. See, for me, it, the, the panic attack was uh, Uncut Gems. Oh, yes. That's anxiety oh, God, to a T. Yeah. Which Uncut Gems plays as a panic attack no matter when you watch it, I feel like. Y- yes. <laughs> Mother worked really well in a theater with a group of people who were all, like, upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and dissenting and and I've got a, uh, a a very rocky road with Aronofsky. Okay, yeah, um, because I hated the whale. I never saw the whale. Okay, only because I kept hearing people either say it's amazing or don't bother. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not paying for a ticket to for a don't bother. Yes, understandably so. so. Yeah, but. Uh, Black Swan, Requiem, love Black Swan. Pie, yeah, uh, I think are all great. Requiem is uh, maybe a one timer. Yeah, well, you, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, not to be purient, uh, <laughs> but I love the Fountain. Okay. Yeah, um, I think it's it's melodrama. Yeah, uh, that works really well. But you're up and down with Darren. Yes, uh, but I'm pretty high on Mother. 
You are, really? I am. Oh, what are you going to give Mother? I'm giving it a B. Holy shit! Because it is upsetting as a movie. And it still gets into that range for me that uh, that your Evil Deads and your uh, your Texas Chainsaws get. Well, this is bloody awesome. <laughs> but this is good. Okay, so now the Pantheon is actually going to be Exorcist. Then we have a tie between Evil Dead 2013 and The Thing 82. Okay. Uh, then we've got Jaws still clinging at a 90. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's going to be Cabin in the Woods. It chapter one, and then Poltergeist yes. is in. Yes. Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we're talking about 1996's Scream, a movie made for about $15 million that brought in $173 million, written by Kevin Williamson, not Wes Craven. So don't shit on him for this. Directed by Wes Craven, music by Marco Beltrami. You love the music. I do love the music. Yes. Now this, I didn't know this. This opened in December, 2019, uh, December 20th, 1996. And it lost out to Beavis and Butthead do America. Uh, I can see that though. Beavis and Butthead were huge in the zeitgeist at the time. And this was an unknown, untested property, which came at a low point for horror films. It did. This is kind of like it. This brought it back from the dead. Really? Yes. Uh, Beavis and Butthead opened at 20 million that weekend. Scream, 6 million. Jeez. In fact, it it made $100,000 more than another movie that opened that same weekend, One Fine Day. Michelle Pfeiffer and George Clooney. Which I also saw in the theater. You Did you see it over Scream? Oh, shit. <laughs> I might have. Oh! That's, because uh, we'll, we'll get to it. Okay. We'll get to it, yeah. Jerry Maguire was still in the theaters at the time. It was okay. in second week. And 101 Dalmatians. Dalmatians. Walt Disney had put that out. So Scream came in number fourth in that weekend. Wow. Yes. Rated R. Hour and 51 minutes. Starring David Arquette gets top billing. As Dewey Riley. <laughs> <laughs> Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott. Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers. Matthew Lillard as Stu Mocker, the MVP of the movie. Rose McGowan as Tatum Riley. Skeet Allrich, remember him? As Billy Loomis. Jamie Kennedy, remember him? As Randy Meeks. Liev Schreiber, yeah, he's in this. For a split second, as Cotton Weary. Drew Barrymore as Casey Becker. That's right, your favorite talk show host. Roger Jackson as the voice of Ghostface. Wes Craven as Fred the School Janitor. Henry Winkler as Principal Hembry. And Linda Blair, Reagan from The Exorcist, as an obnoxious reporter. <laughs> <laughs> now, according to IMDb, this movie had one had several taglines. What is your favorite tagline from all these? What do you think? We've got a new thriller from Wes Craven. Name the killer, December 20th. Ooh. There's a lot there. There is a lot. Yeah. Um, a couple of them, you almost have to see the movie. Yes. To appreciate, like the I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know that that actually is a trope that much before this film made it, it one. Yes. Yeah. There's there's a lot of we're going to call our shot in this and then make it happen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like my favorite one in this is someone who's playing a deadly game, someone who has seen way too many scary movies. Yeah. It's it's a little lengthy. It's a bit lengthy. Yes. Um I like now everybody is a victim and everybody is a suspect. Everybody is a suspect. <laughs> <laughs> But it plays into the fact that this isn't just a slasher. It's a whodunit slasher. That's And that's what made this movie so popular, I think, was yeah. that it didn't just do the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, star all-star cast uh, at the time in the 90s. I mean, this was an all-star cast. Mm-hmm. 
Do you remember seeing this movie for the first time? Tell us a story, Josh. What'd you think? I absolutely do. And I might have seen One Fine Day beforehand <laughs> and, and and Jerry Maguire and both in their first week because those are date movies. Yes, they are. Those are very easy. Um, what was I, 17 at this point in time? Mm-hmm. Uh, my girlfriend and I... I, I remember seeing those movies in the theater. Okay. Okay. Um, I went with someone else based on friends' recommendations to see Scream. And we did like a matinee. And this is the winter, the dead of winter in right. northern Indiana. Uh, it's chilly. We're in this theater that was at that point probably 30 years old. Christmas is five days away. Yes. <laughs> you know, you really want to get in the spirit. Uh, and, you know, I had some friends that had went and seen it and... They didn't tell me anything about it. It's just a, like, you got to go see this this movie. Right. Um, so we went, and it was one of those screenings where you walk in in the day, and you walk back out, and it's, like, dark. Because, oh. Yeah. Okay. It's, you know, uh, it, during the winter, it was maybe, like, a 3 o'clock screening. Yeah. And you, By 5, it's pitch black outside. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it, it throws you off. Uh, and that definitely helped. Um the same thing when I saw Blair Witch, the setting for it, you know, it does imprint on you a certain way. Oh, yes. And this, for me, it's it's a cold movie. Okay. Because because of that, because of coming out of the I'm glad movie. that you said that because there are certain movies I can't watch during certain seasons. Yes. Yeah. That's a, that, Thank you so much for justifying <laughs> what I've been saying for years. And then we're like, I don't know. I can watch that. Like Lord of the Rings, that's a cold movie for me. Okay. Yeah. I got to watch that in the wintertime. Yeah. Uh, there's also a whole um, ranking system that I stole from another show um, with Gorley and Rust where they do entire franchises front to back. Okay. Uh, you know, like all, all of your Michael Myers is. Um, oh, they so they pick a theme for the movies and they go with the theme. Like, yes. Okay. And then they do like, um, we're going to do eight weeks of yuppie nightmares. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Um, but they have a ranking system that is dependent on what kind of day you're having when you saw the movie. That's unique. Yes. So if you have a good movie on a good day, it's a, it's going to be a great movie. Right. Uh, if good movie, bad day, man, it's a bummer because it lowers that movie to your estimation. Well, that's kind of like why like three or four years ago, we started evolving with our grades and going, look, maybe the first time we saw this, we were in one headspace. Mm-hmm. So can our grades evolve throughout time? And we were like, yes, they can, but we have to have good reason for the change and we have to explain it. Yes. So like, for instance, I've changed like, probably about 30 or 40 of my grades in the course of the last seven years. I'm like, gosh, you know, I saw it again and this is what I thought. And these are the reasons why blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Cause your grade has to evolve. Your evil dead 2013s is it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. My jaws is. Yes. <laughs> well, I remember it. I was with a group of friends in high school. We had originally gone to see it opening night, but the theater was packed with people who would not shut the hell up. Oh, man. There were six of us. We got perfect seats right in the middle because this is before you could reserve seats. Yeah, yeah. You know? And all of a sudden, people start coming in, and it's just like you're annoying teenagers. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, we were teenagers at the time, but we wanted to see this movie. Well, they just would not stop talking. And you would have thought that we were at, like, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Right. And so we left, and we were like, we want our money back. This sucks, you know, and got our money and left. And then I went the next day Mm -hmm. by myself had a similar situation with you where you went in the daytime and you left at night, mm-hmm. which I've done this to myself several times. I did it during Jurassic Park. That did not work out well for me. <laughs> uh, and Blair Witch Project, when you mentioned that, I was on a date with that movie mm-hmm. and we went to go see it during the day. And that night we came back. She lived in a wooded area. 
same thing. Same thing. Yes. I I did not get laid that night. <laughs> but I also didn't leave her house for a good hour and a half because I was kind of afraid to leave. <laughs> we went to a uh, a barn party. Okay. After watching Blair Witch. Yes. Oh my God. That's not right. No. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's like, hey, we went to a cornfield after seeing signs. Yeah. It's, just, <laughs> it's a bad time. <laughs> There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. Big no no! Big no! Sex equals death, okay? Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. No, the sin factor. It's a sin, it's an extension of number one. And number three, Never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Oh! You see, you push the laws and you end up dead. Okay, I'll see you in the kitchen with a knife. The film opens with young Casey Becker receiving phone calls from an unidentified caller. At first, it seems as if he's gotten the wrong number, but it soon becomes clear he is toying with her and his voice gets more and more threatening. Casey becomes frightened and when she realizes her caller can see her, she begins to panic when the caller threatens to kill her and forces her to answer movie trivia in exchange for her life and the life of her boyfriend, Steve, who she sees tied up in her back back port back patio i can say words after killing steve the caller torments casey until finally breaking into the house and chasing her he is dressed in a black costume with a white ghost mask over his face he chases her across her lawn just as her parents pull up into the driveway they do not see her and casey is stabbed in the chest unable to scream after killing casey the murderer strings up her body in the backyard for her parents to discover her insides Ooh, great opening iconic opening to this movie but i want to start with the title card okay did it look like default transitions in video software <laughs> but at the time it, w- it was very uh you know it's not as uh think of seven yes right seven was it it messed up how people did title cards <laughs> for it a did. long time it did yes uh and this is still riding that wave with the kind of glitchy you know, and, yeah. and it looks almost like the font from a screenplay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right away, we get the most quoted line of horror movies in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Do you like scary movies? People still say this today, even if they've never seen this movie. Yes. Um, do you think the opening still hits the way it did back in 1996? Yes. I think um, it is. It's a little dated. Nobody has Jiffy Pop anymore. When is the last time you they saw They don't it? make Jiffy Pop anymore? I think they do. But when was the last time you saw it? I've never seen it. See, this is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> we got the bags. Yes. <laughs> Put them in the microwave. But uh, as a film device, yeah. that is brilliant. Okay. Like, you have this thing that's going to burn. It plays into the story. She's going to sit down and watch a movie when her boyfriend comes over, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's a timer. Right. That we're going, things are going to get fucked up. Yes. Yeah. As it gets more and more pressured, the pressure builds also. Yes. But for, for us, when we were younger, it was the fact that Drew Barrymore was in this movie. Yes. And that's why I wonder if it hits the same way because kids don't know who Drew Barrymore is. And let's see, this was... This is during her renaissance. She was trying to get, bring herself back up again. Right. Um, what year was Poison Ivy? Poison Ivy was, I want to say, early 90s. Yes. Because I remember seeing that on USA when I was younger. Yes. 
<laughs> I remember my, my parents rented it and taped it. Yes. Yes. And then I ran the tape out. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, uh, even though Tom Skerritt is uh, really nasty in that movie, he's no. approximately 137 years old. In fact, you probably remember USA up all night. Oh, yeah. With Ron DeShear. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I was a devotee. I, same time. here. Um, yeah. So, okay. What did you think of the killing of Casey? Because I love writing with the parents, mm-hmm. hearing Casey getting stabbed over the phone. I thought that was genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also don't get the motivation for this particular kill. Okay. And I saw, um, I knew you were going to bring up the motivation part. Yes. Which is, it's touched on. Okay. That there's, it's a pattern. And especially in the later ones, you get into like, they're repeating the pattern. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so there was something along with like, uh, Casey had dated Stu. Yes. And like it was a trial run, basically. It was a trial. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, that, see, and I was wondering if that's what it was, if it was him just trying to see if he could do it. Yes. You know, but there's also the line where he's challenged later on about Casey, where she's like, didn't she dump your ass? And she goes, I, no, I dumped her. Yes. You know, he gets really defensive about it. Like, but I'm also like, well, that's what kids would say anyway. Right. So yeah, I'm just wondering about that. Anything in this scene that you want to bring up? Any other things you want to talk about about this? Um, the boyfriend. Yes. Um, who is he played by? Steve? Yes. I don't know. Who is Steve? Um, <laughs> Other than a host of the show. <laughs> hey, Steve. Um, am I wrong? Or does he just look like Paul Walker? Oh, he looks like Paul Walker. Okay. I'm wondering if he was played by Paul Walker in Scary Movie. <laughs> uh, Kevin Patrick Walls. Ooh, what's he done? He doesn't even have a link on on uh, Wikipedia. There you go. Yes. He was a nephew of the director. Yes. That's what it was. Uh, but... The from the outset, uh-huh. like that is grisly. Oh, absolutely. He, he is gutted. And Casey, did you get into um, the the behind the scenes? There's a there's a uncut Japanese uh, laser disc. Okay, which is the only version that has the full gore. Oh, where they show the cutout. Where they show when. Uh, so Casey, when the camera like zooms up to her yes. and it's kind of cut, 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 cut with the zoom. Right. Um, they don't have that. It is a slower push in and you see her guts hanging out as well. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> yes. But th- there's hardly a way to find this uh, in America. It's got to be on YouTube somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but- Under some weird name. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably don't want to be Googling it. It's like yell from 1996. <laughs> <laughs> Holler. <laughs> what a different movie this would have been. <laughs> Did you see Holler? <laughs> that's, that's the uh, South of the Mason-Dixon line. Version. Yes, it is. Uh, we then meet Sydney Prescott and her boyfriend, Billy Loomis. Billy sneaks into her bedroom window and attempts to have sex with her, but Sydney is unsure and wants to remain a virgin for now. They are almost discovered by Sydney's father, Neil, and he comes into Sydney's room to discuss the fact that he's going out of town. They live by themselves because mom was killed a year earlier. Uh... This is when the references start to build up already. Mm-hmm. It, you already got the cute little trivia game, but yeah. now Loomis. Uh, yeah. The name Loomis itself is famous. <laughs> yeah. the Both within the movie, within the world of the movie, and the meta aspect of the movie itself. Yes. The references are piling up. It is a chicken egg situation. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was watching Exorcist and thought of you. <laughs> 
Joe, I was watching The Exorcist and thought of you. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly it. It's like, okay, it, you know, at the time, it was brilliant writing. Mm -hmm. But do you think it's gotten to a point where we've seen this mimic so often, poorly, mm -hmm. <laughs> that after a while, you're kind of like, okay, do you have anything other than references? I feel like it's like an Ouroboros, right? Okay. Where uh, this movie and Dawson's Creek oh. started this with Kevin Williamson. Yes, the, that's right. He was big into the, uh, what's his name? Dawson and all of his movie. Yeah, Vanderbeek. Yeah. Week. yeah. Uh, with the, uh, the way that the, not just the teens, but everyone in the world talks. Mm -hmm. It's this, it's almost Woody Allen-esque, right? Okay. Where you have these people like, intellectualizing about these things and they're so well-spoken about everything that it's like aspirational and the uh but since that was the version that a lot of people saw mm -hmm. i believe the the internet age your zoomers or what have you have conditioned themselves that they talk like this you're right there was a there was a take there was an evolution of taking teens in the 80s and slowly but surely through the 90s, becoming more and more intellectual, intellectual, and you're almost looking at them now like, these are just adults. Yes. And then it wasn't until American Pie where they're like, fuck you, we're going back down right. to high school. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's uh, because you could point it at like Porky's. Yes. And then American Pie, like this arc in between them. Like. The Faculty is another 90s movie that tries to over-intellectualize everything. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's still a great movie. Yeah. I love that movie. Um, uh, what was the um, the one based around myths and um, whatever? Percy Jackson? No. <laughs> <laughs> Urban Legends. Urban Legend. Urban Legend. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it plays in that same camp. Yeah, the, yeah. The, what you, I know what you did last summer, all those. Yep. Uh, Nev Campbell. Mm -hmm. Is this the hottest she's ever looked on the movies? Okay, that's that's a challenge right there. I know. She is still a beautiful woman. Okay, she's still a beautiful woman, but she's not making me... Oh! 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 oh. Whoa! Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's fair. <laughs> I will accept your argument now. And Skeet, what happened to Skeet Ulrich? Uh, did you see any of Riverdale? No. He did two or three seasons of Riverdale. Okay. Yes. I did not know that. The last time I saw him was he was on that TV show Jericho. Oh, yeah. That lasted for two years and then just fizzled. I liked Jericho and I was upset when it left. Were you? Yes. See, it was always one of those shows where I was like, do I get into this? And when it got canceled, I was like, I guess I'm not getting into this then. Right. But I have a question because, you know, we've seen him, we've seen Skeet in Scream 5 and 6 mm -hmm. as an apparition, if you will. Yeah. Is that him or is there, are they doing some kind of deep fake there? I mean, it might be, a, he's credited. Okay. He is credited. Films. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know if, if he's CGI because you only ever see him in reflections. I wonder if he's basically. credited because it's his likeness. Yeah. Like Michael Bean was credited in Alien 3 because they had to put his picture in there. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, give me a credit then. <laughs>
The next day, Sydney's school is abuzz with the news of the murder. News stations around the scene, including Gail Weathers, great name, a local reporter who reported on the killing of Sydney's mother a year ago. During the school day, students are being interviewed with the principal's office about what they know about the situation. When classes are canceled, Sydney, Billy, Tatum, Sydney's best friend, Tatum's boyfriend, Stu, who previously dated Casey, and their fifth wheel, Randy, who is obsessed with horror movies, have a quick discussion about what it would take to kill someone. Ooh, it's a group. Yeah, uh, that is a great scene too. Which one? W- with them sitting on the uh, the bench. Yes. Yeah. No, it's a fantastic scene. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I I always wonder like when they decide to sit down, did they know they were in like a uh, concave area where they couldn't actually keep look at each other eye to eye at all? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, this is, in the, hey, this is the first time we've really seen Henry Winkler since he was the Fonz. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is like, shit, that's the Fonz. Right. What's he doing in this? Someone who has had a, well, it's not even a late career resurgence because it turns out uh, 1996 is... is Far away now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Arrested Development. Absolutely. He's fantastic. Well, he was the lawyer. Uh Oh, it's going to bother the hell out of me. Not Rob Blah Blah. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember his name. But then he has stint on, his, his stint on Barry. Yes, which is some of his best work. It's absolutely. I love the fact that he does his best acting as a shitty acting coach. Yes. <laughs> that that show gets me hardcore. I love it. Yeah. Um, so this scene where we are inside the school seems really on point with what would be going on. Mm-hmm. It's very somber. It's very like everybody's not really talking to each other in, in the classroom. It's kind of morbose. And then the, then they go outside. <laughs> it's a fucking party. Yes. Um, <laughs> is this, it's the sequence where also Sid is in the bathroom and overhears the cheerleaders talking about Not her? yet. We're not okay. quite there yet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but the conversational tone that they're having about, uh, she is uh, uh, in the mailbox. He had his uh, liver in the mailbox. And you, <laughs> so you got Stu Mocker. <laughs> liver alone. <laughs> liver. Get it? <laughs> Which I still say, apropos of nothing. It, oh. <laughs> it, is, it is one of those like, uh, you know, uh, Wrecked him. Dear, damn near, near killed, killed him. <laughs> yes. But we also, I mean, this is the foreshadowing part of the entire movie. They're telling you straight up who did it because when they say who could do something like that, Stu immediately is like, well, you get a knife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, now that I know what I'm watching, damn, man, show yeah. your hand. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the editing and like the looks between Billy and Stu. Yes. Uh, which I don't know. Um, there are theories about the relationship between these two gentlemen. That they were a thing? Yes. Maybe they were a thing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, sometimes it looks a look. I've been looking at you for two hours. You know? <laughs> it's, it's just a look. It's just a look. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a Sometimes I just want to jump over the table here and just give you a you know, little smick. A little yeah. smicky boo on the, on the lips. Smicky uh, <laughs> boo. A little smicky boo. Uh, Stu is fun. Randy is annoying. Mm-hmm. However... In 1996, I thought Randy was awesome and Stu was annoying. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> like Randy was like he was he was the oracle for all of us. All of a sudden, he opened mm-hmm. our eyes about all the movie stuff that we re- we thought we knew, and he made it truthful because it was on the screen now. Yeah, you know. And I remember seeing Matthew Lever going, "God, I hate this guy," mm-hmm. but now I'm watching. I'm like, he's the MVP of this movie. Um, he he and Rose. Yes. Yeah. yeah their energy in this movie is on a different level. Yeah. Uh, and I don't even notice, this seems like 
quite a wealthy town. Dude, these houses. Huge. Yeah, and beautiful, <laughs> well-appointed. Like, But they do pan out, and it's like nothing but farmland. It was California, Northern California, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like, is it supposed to be a small town feel? Because I'm there until you show me the town. Right. <laughs> it's... Uh, very directly opposed to like Halloween. Right. Where you have all these little suburban houses and then you have like when they go to the hardware store and it's downtown and like right. Know, it's cutesy and, and homey feeling. It's not suburban. Mm -hmm. You almost feel it's country. Yeah. With some millions. Yes. The uh Sid's house it like looks oh. like it sets in front of a um a, a vineyard. Right. <laughs> yeah. When they yeah. Stu Mocker's house has rolling hills, acres of yes. land behind it. Yeah. <laughs> what are the mockers doing? <laughs> uh, Sydney goes home to wait for Tatum and pick her up. Sydney Prescott is attempting to cope with the anniversary of her mother's brutal rape and murder. The phone rings and she hears a strange voice, the same one that was on the phone with Casey. Although she wouldn't really know that. At first she thinks it is Randy joking around, but the caller... I lost my track. The caller turns abusive and brings up Sydney's mother. Do you want to die, Sydney? Your mother sure didn't. The killer emerges from a closet in Sydney's house and a chase starts throughout the house and Sydney locks herself in her bedroom and dials 911. Then Billy arrives, climbing through Sydney's window again and a cell phone falls out of his pocket. Sydney realizes that it may have been him phoning her and she runs downstairs and out of the house only to be greeted by the police. <sighs> okay, so... I didn't really notice until this time watching how much it takes from when a stranger calls. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't, that, that was never a movie I associated with this. And then watching it this time, I was like, oh, that makes sense. The, fo the phone call's coming from within the house. Yes. That's what it always is. Um, why are they trying to kill Sydney here? Because they explained later that wasn't their plan. Their right. plan was to do it the night of the, the anniversary. Right. So, is this just Stu going crazy again? <laughs> but they're both there. It's, I, yeah. It's, that's the thing is the knock at the door happens. He's banging on the door. Sydney locks it. And then Billy comes up right mm -hmm. away. So, you know, it's not Billy. That had to be Stu on the other side. Right. But was it Billy on the phone? See, and this is the game I like to play watching this movie. Uh -huh. When I'm seeing the killer, which one is it? Right. And sometimes... I think it's a ghost because <laughs> it's not possible. Yes. <laughs> uh, I do like all the expository shoe leather that they did in the first couple scenes mm -hmm. um, with the way that she can jam her bedroom door shut. Yes. And the fact that there's a trellis and he can come through the window, like all that stuff seems very organic. And now it plays into the action of the scene. Absolutely. It's smart direction. Yeah. And that if you're going to do something like this, it's, it's Chekhov's gun of the door. Yes. You know, you're going to do this with the door. You better show us using it later on the second act. Yep. <laughs> uh, and I also love the cell phone drop. It's a nice little thing to say, oh, there's the cell phone. It drops out of his pocket. Mm -hmm. doesn't break because that's when we made cell phones that were indestructible. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, you, once that happens, you realize what movie you're in. You're not in a horror movie. You're in a whodunit. Yeah. Because yeah. that right there sets the tone. If that doesn't happen, you're still in a scary movie. Now it's, okay, is he the killer? It's only been 20 minutes. Right. They're not going to tell us now. It can't be him. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, she's taken to the police. Oh, the other thing. Are we to believe that whomever the killer was was just waiting in the house the entire time? Okay. But with a lot of slashers, that's the thing. Right. You you think about um, 
Michael Myers, Jason, any of these fellows, they're there at the most opportune moment <laughs> to kill somebody. Very true. When it would be the spookiest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait here until three days from now when the moon is gone. Yes. Yeah. Then I'll strike. <laughs> I may, I need to get the, the sliver of the moon glinting off of the knife. And that's the only thing you see in the frame. I need And that. pause as I'm up here with the knife. <laughs> Why do they do that? Uh, you know what? It's bad shoulder. Oh, yeah. Got a crick a in the shoulder. Frozen shoulder. Frozen yeah. shoulder. That's what it is. That'll happen. Yeah. Uh, she's taken to the police station along with Billy, where he's questioned. At the police station, Sydney meets Dewey, Tatum's older brother, and the town deputy, who is considered adult. <laughs> <laughs> I love David Marquette's character in this, though, because he plays mm -hmm. green so well. And my favorite scene, actually, which I don't really talk about in this, is when he's talking to his, his superior, he's smoking a cigarette, and Dewey's got an ice cream cone. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, the interrogation. Mm -hmm. It's a little weak. It's a weak interrogation. Well, okay, but what are they going after? Like, this... Which this, makes it weak. <laughs> yes. It's, it's one of these where... Uh, the people within the movie haven't caught up to where we are. Right. It's, you know, it's still, uh, this might be pranks. It's, you know, of, but you would think in a small town, a double murder a year after another prominent citizen <laughs> was murdered. Yes. That this, I grew up in a small town. I mean, this would be like a day later after Casey's death, right? Yeah. But a day and yeah. Son, did you, did you break into her house? There's a murder. <laughs> it's, we're going to slap you on the wrist. Right. It's, I did like this. I like the fact that the parent was there. Yes. Because normally that'd be like, okay, this is going to be a three scene change now mm -hmm. to get the parent in because you can't do anything. They just said, we'll drop him in here. This is clearly a wealthy family, mm -hmm. you know, and now, you know, you're in a really wealthy small town. At, well, the point in time when he has a cell phone. Yes. In 1996. Which, Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but so, gosh, I didn't get my first stuff until I was, I want to say the year 2000, maybe. Mm -hmm. is, that about, is that about right? That's when they started to become a little bit cheaper. Yeah. I, I had one in, we, our family had one. Okay. Um, in the mid nineties. And like, if I was going to go far away, yeah. you would take it with you. It was like the emergency phone. My dad had a bag phone before that. Okay. Yeah. We had a car phone. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, but the, the portable cell phone was so heavy. Mm -hmm. I had a letterman jacket at the time and I would put it in my pocket and it would weight Wait. the letterman jacket down. <laughs> like that's, that's a hefty boy. That's a big phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But here's the thing. I love the scene, but there's a part of the scene where I don't like, which is that when he turns around, he stares at her through the window. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, you're a suspect. <laughs> and the yeah. cop is looking at you. Yeah. And just glare like that. It's like, that's a red flag. Maybe hold them. Yeah. Also, the police work in this. I'm going to have to question your police work here. You can. <laughs> <laughs> Putting your your suspect within eyeline. You're, it's like he's in the principal's office, not like he's in right. being interrogated. <laughs> Everything's got windows and all the dry, all the blinds are open. Yes. <laughs> no, he's just out there exposed to everyone else, and they're exposed to him. That's yeah. oh yeah, Str no. stretching. It's true what they say: cops and women don't mix. It's like eating a spoonful of Drano. Sure, it'll clean you out, but it'll leave you hollow inside. <laughs> uh, 
Let's see here. Outside the police station, she's confronted by nosy reporter Gail Weathers, the writer of an expose about the murder of Sydney's mother. Okay. Courtney Cox, again, height of her hotness, mid-friends run. Yes. Uh, there's times when the writing of this dialogue is a little not flowing right. We mm -hmm. kind of talked about this. Yeah. Uh, Williamson thinks he knows he's writing for teenagers when he's really writing for college kids. Right, right. That's really it. Uh, 20, <laughs> I love this line. 20 years ago, I would have said not a chance, but these kids today, damned if I know. Every adult says this. Yeah. Ever. It's a timeless perspective. Yeah. Time immemorial. Uh, <laughs> adults do not understand the fact that they were teenagers just um, a few years ago and that their parents looked on them the same way. Yeah. Like there's diamonds in this script of line of line work. Mm -hmm. Like that's a great line because you know it'll be timeless. Yeah. And then right after that, you get Dewey talking to his sister. What did mom tell you? When I wear this badge, I'm a man of the law. <laughs> yeah, like, wait, he still lives at home? <laughs> there is some great work with him in the next scene. Oh. I feel like. Is this when he's in his underwear? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm, and I'm watching this. I'm like, could we have just got a prequel of Tatum and Dewey mm -hmm. growing up? Because I'm... I forgot how good Rose McGowan was in this. Yeah. Like there's only a couple of lines where I'm kind of like, ah, that's a writing issue. But her, she, when she's with Sydney, I'm like, okay, is Rose teaching Nev how to act? Cause Rose is on a different level. Yeah, that's fair. And it's, I just, it's, it's her whole situation. What happened to her later on? It's just sad because she had so much promise. Yeah. It's one of those things where you really see, and she could do action. Yes. She could be uh, very um, illicit sympathy mm -hmm. um, and seem very truthful in the moment. One of those things where even though these lines are incredibly stilted, yeah. her delivery of them is very good. I mean, here's the thing. She took over for, I want to say, Shannon Doherty and Charmed. Oh, okay. And nobody batted an eye. Right. Because she was kind of like, eh, it's Rose McGowan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she's got this. <laughs> Uh, Tatum takes Sydney to her house where she receives another phone call from the killer who tells her, you got the wrong guy, Sydney, again. And we get Rose saying, bam, Sid, super bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. And she she punches her yes. her oversized uh, stuffed animal. Yeah. And I'm watching this. And the first thing I see is these two supposedly young ladies mm -hmm. laying on beds and while watching these women play high schoolers in their little nighties and pajamas. I feel like the adult industry has cornered the market on this fantasy at this point. So a lot of what uh, horror films were mm -hmm. in the eighties up through, like there was, you were going to see some boobs. Oh, there, but we don't in this. Yes. They even cut away from the Halloween clip when we're going to see the, uh, whatever her name was. Damn it. What was her name? Uh, in Halloween, she mm -hmm. goes topless. Um, oh God. Oh, it's her friend. It's, yes. It's, it's her, her friend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't remember. They cut away from that scene. Also, there is no tit in this. Yes. Which it's this kind of teases you a yes. little bit uh, along with Nev in that first scene in her like it's very puritanical. Her baby doll nighty. But it's a little hot. A little hot. At the same time, yes. I'm not going to lie, especially to a 17-year-old man. You should never lie. Oh! oh! <laughs> uh, but 
Yeah, it, that was what so much of these films were yeah. up until that time. I mean, the early to mid-90s are a drought. Yeah, and I think for me, the, for me, there's an inconsistency in that if you want to call out all these movies, mm-hmm. but then you're falling into your own traps mm-hmm. when you're not calling it out, is that an attention to detail that they missed or do they lean into it? Well, as... Uh, Randy points out later, mm-hmm. uh, Jamie Lee Curtis never showed her tits till she went legits. Yes. Trading places. Yes. So. Which they never mentioned the name of that movie. No. They never say trading places. Yeah. But we all know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all remember. We all remember. You sleep on the couch. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> now we get the phone call. The phone call comes in. Mom answers it. And when Sid goes, who is it? She goes, I don't know. I didn't ask. It, this young woman is at your house because her life is in danger. And you're like, sure, whoever calls, it's fine. They're, the adults are kind of absent in this. Which fits in with uh, not only the genre, mm-hmm. but also kind of the, th- the theme of the movie. They're, they're, um, it's got Charlie Brown syndrome. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at one point in this movie, I'm, at one point going over this, I'm going to talk about where the adults might be. Okay. Yeah. The next day at school, Sydney, oh, I forgot. And then after Sydney freaks out on the phone, in comes Dewey. <laughs> Tank top, boxers, brandishing a gun, picks up the phone. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> that, the, belated picking up the phone after everyone else has left the room. He, and he does this great, like his eyes shift back and forth. Yeah. He's like, okay. Puts on his big boy voice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's shifting into character. The next day at school, Sydney approaches Gail to talk off the record. Gail feels that cotton weary was wrongfully con- convicted. And now Gail is following up a story about a murder of Casey Becker. She feels the murders are connected while at school. Sydney runs into Billy and Billy shows her his fingerprinted hands as proof. He didn't call the night before they have a contentious conversation, which only upsets Sydney more. And she runs to the bathroom where she hears other students talking smack about what happened the year before. Sydney is threatened by the killer while she is in the bathroom, but she escapes. Your bathroom scene. Yes. Uh, Bitchy cheerleaders. Oh my God. It never gets old. No. It never gets old. And I'm I'm not at a point where I'm like, ah, this again. I'm like, oh, what are they going to say this time? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's Vanderpump rules. The... (laughs) (laughs) And the the one who talks, I don't know who who played this role or whatever. Right. Uh, in the parlance of our times, she eats that scene. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> her, like her work with like grabbing her hair and shifting her head back and forth. Suicide is out this year and homicide is so, so in. in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we also, and I love this song. I love Red Right Hand by Nick, Nick Cave. Mm-hmm. I love it. Every time I hear the song, I'm like, oh, this is my jam. Yes. I love it. And the best part is I don't associate with Scream first. I associate with Dumb and Dumber first. Where is it in Dumb and Dumber? It's in Dumb and Dumber when he goes to, he has to go to the store to get provisions okay. for their trip. Yeah. And he comes back with a giant ass cowboy hat. Yeah. And all that. And they're playing that song as he's oh, walking wow. by. Yeah. Okay. And so whenever I hear that song, I go, <laughs> old people, I guess they can't have an impact. <laughs> uh, for me, it's um, X-Files. X-Files. Okay. They use it when Scully gets abducted in... 
the end of season one or season two. Oh my god, I gotta rewatch. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. She's in a trunk. Okay, and it's plays and it's ominous. And the guy um, who who abducted her gets pulled over. Okay, and it's one of those where you're like. He's going to fucking kill this cop, isn't he? I tell you what, I, I watched every episode of The X-Files when it first came out, but there's only one episode today that I remember. Uh, which one? Um, The guy who can stretch his fingers. Oh. Um, and he yeah, builds a cocoon he, nest. Yeah, he eats livers. Oh, God. Yeah. That, tombs. Yes, tombs. Yes. That still lives in my nightmares. <laughs> Yes. Still does. <laughs> like I can picture when they first go in, they see his little newspaper nest and mm-hmm. you're like, Oh God, don't no. And the only other episode I remember is the incest episode. That was, they, they, they've now since banned, I think. Yeah. Home. They've, uh, they've allowed it to be, I think back on streaming. Okay. But it was only aired once when they pull the mom out from underneath the oh, bed. God. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what did we step into? Yes. <laughs> This is at nine o'clock at night on a network TV. <laughs> okay. We also get to see uh, news coverage of Cotton Weary played by Leah Schreiber mm-hmm. before he was Leah Schreiber. Um, so what other movies we, we have our fake out opening. Yes. Where uh, it's an homage to Psycho. Okay. What other movies have introduced major characters in the franchise so late into the film as Gail and Cotton? get in this one. Oh boy that to me that's fascinating when i rewatched all of them yeah i was like gail is you know pushed back cotton his role gets amped up in the next two films yeah he really the second film is when he kind of shows up and you're like okay we'll pay you now yeah but in the third film he's one of the like it's upsetting when he gets it yes he, like the other characters feel for that and you know, you almost wonder if they were, if they had plans in the back of their mind, if this did well, let's make a trilogy of movies mm-hmm. about this whole thing. Cause the third, I, I maintain that the scream trilogy is a pretty strong trilogy. Okay, Even yeah. though people say scream two is kind of a lesser movie, you know, here's the thing. It, toy story one and three are fantastic. You had to have a toy story two. Okay. <laughs> it's still a pretty damn good movie. <laughs> uh, Okay, we see Reagan from The Exorcist as a reporter now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people want to know, uh, who'd have thought that after six movies, Gail was right all along about everything? That her role in this one is to be way off base. Right. And kind of an asshole who's pointing fingers. And when you look at back, back now, you're like, she's the only right one. <laughs> <laughs> uh I, and I put, I think Tatum's my favorite character in the movie right now because mm-hmm. <laughs> she takes her, her sucker and slams it on Stu's head, whacking her going, stupidity leak. Yes. <laughs> uh, what's the other one? Uh, it's called tact fuck rag. Yes. <laughs> Skeet all rich, you genius. Yes, such a good line. Uh, and then we get Principal Hembry, who goes off on those boys in the principal's office. So good. Not going to lie. Fonz kind of scares me now. Okay. <laughs> and I love the sound editing with the scissors. Just mm-hmm. that shing, oh, shing. Yeah. And then when he, the final one he does where he puts it up against the kid's chest, I was like, oh, you, you shouldn't be employed. <laughs> that, 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 that's a bad thing. Administration was different in the 90s. It was a different time, which leads us to our first Ed read. Is your character holding you back from the promotion you've been eyeing? 
Do you feel like you've been doing better if you could just hide some of that rage? Here at Woodsboro Technical College, we may have the answer for you. Tucked in the cozy yet wildly wealthy town of Woodsboro, we strive to make sure that whatever you're running from won't stain what you're about to do here. And these days, with the way our youth are, we need more in the education sector than ever. Principals, teachers, paraprofessionals, we'll train them all. And because of our relaxed town and government, you don't have to worry about the police stopping by in case you accidentally brandish some scissors and start waving them in kids' faces. Nope, you can teach these kids the way God intended, through fear and threats with no care of what may happen to them psychologically. Just listen to these testimonials. I'm so happy I got my teaching degree from Woodsboro Technical College. Now I can stay my normal rage-filled self, and I don't have to worry about any repercussions. Just the other day, I slapped a kid out of frustration. What did I get in return? A snappy comeback and a glare. Woodsboro's great. When I graduated, I was so happy that the first time ever I was going to be working at a school where guns are not the issue. Huh? Knives? Really? Well, what's the worst that could happen, right? Enroll with us today and get started in reshaping the youth. Woodsboro Technical College. Privacy is important, especially when you want to keep your job. And then we get the bathroom incident. Mm-hmm. Should have been an easy kill. You're in a you're in a, a cul-de-sac, right? <laughs> There's one opening. Yes, <laughs> it's, it is a dead end, and you can't you cannot pull this off. But I also ask: Was Stu waiting in there the whole time? Like, what if Sydney gone to a different bathroom? Yeah, they're okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they could have scoped out perhaps two at the most. Okay. You know, each each guy in a different one. But it also begs the question, if if that's what they do, is the other guy just sitting in the shitter <laughs> waiting? <laughs> <laughs> just waiting for some for no one to show up. Well, it is the it it is the one time. Well, no, it's there's two times. It it's one of two times when uh, Tatum is not with her boyfriend. Oh. Because Billy shows up. That's when he does the fingerprint thing. Yeah. And Tatum is talking to Sid, and Stu's nowhere near. Okay. So it had to be Stu in the bathroom because Billy was already on the outside. But that meant Stu was waiting in there because she goes in, hears the girls berate them, which means that he's in there when the girls went in and they didn't know yeah. either. That's a long time to be sitting there in a mask waiting and hoping that she shows up. Do, do you, I, I didn't see it when I walked in. Do you have a conspiracy board about this somewhere <laughs> with, with the scenes and, and red string connecting them? And I, <laughs> yes, I'll get my uh, Sony and Philadelphia meme out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, school's over and a curfew's in place. So the group of friends decide to throw a party. After school, Principal Hembry is seen donning the mask as a goof, but he's grown paranoid and checks every nook and cranny of the office. But the real killer actually finds him and stabs him to death not fonzie <laughs> uh the curfew yes i recently watched um not for the first time but for the first time in a long time um uh the valentine's day oh okay wait the, the remake no the original the og okay they they played it valentine's week at the you know appropriate yes uh, <laughs> at the hollywood 27 here okay uh and the same thing murders have been happening yeah there's supposed to be this big party and they decide to move it out to the mine which is very like once again like Stu's house it's isolated yes it's off to the side of the town and nobody can quite get there there's even a similar thing with the police going by with dewey going showing up and then getting distracted yeah yeah, I was like, I wonder if they're really 
playing into this. I mean, we I'm sure if you and I put our heads together, we could take every scene in this movie and attribute it to something that's already happened. Mm -hmm. Because this is very much a puzzle. Yeah. In that it's an homage to everything. And I think that's what made it so wildly popular when it came out was that you're right. We were in a dead zone with horror mm -hmm. and this kind of made us all want to watch nightmare again and made us all want to watch Friday it made us all want to watch Halloween. Mm -hmm. And then by those, you, you Valentine's day, all the second tier ones that you see. And you're yeah. Like, okay. I see that. Oh my God. That was in this one. When a stranger calls son of a bitch. That was all screen, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, and, and I think that's why this franchise has never really died. It's never had a low point. Mm -hmm. it, it constantly reminds us of the things that we loved uh, with horror. And the the evolution of it has become, uh, I mean, more and more they, they talk about mm -hmm. not just how horror films work, but specific horror films. Yes. And they play with that a lot. Um, is it in five and they go to the the Meeks Memorial Theater, the Randy Meeks Memorial yes. uh, viewing yeah. room. Yep. yep. Uh, and Heather Matarazzo brings out like tea and everything for the kids. The uh, yeah. The the requel conversation. The requel conversation. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they bring up elevated horror now. Yes. Uh, which I think twenty years from now we'll go. <laughs> it was just a drama. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we might have been pressing a little much on that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the fact that these movies are just homages, but they're well-crafted plot-wise homages. So my argument, this movie was originally called Scary Movie. I know that. Yes. yes. Um, and Scary Movie does the same thing that this movie does, but worse. Oh, yeah. It's And I've never understood the fascination with them because I was like always in scream camp where I was saying this, it it's clever. Mm -hmm. It's funny. Yeah. And you get all the scares. Like you still have a good horror movie. Yeah. A good gory horror movie at the heart of it. Yeah. I, I will defend scary movie in this way. Okay. The first scary movie should have never had sequels. Okay. Because it was fine the way that it was. It was a parody movie of scream mm -hmm. and it was brilliantly done because it took every scene in Scream and it deconstructed the deconstruction. Okay. Down to the point where, you know, you have, <laughs> just, I, cannot, I can't unsee the guy with the micro penis. <laughs> I can't unsee yes. that. Yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> but I love the fact that, it, that was also her introduction to Anna Faris. Okay. That was her first movie. Mm -hmm. And she played the Nev Campbell role. And like, just her running away the way that Nev runs in this movie to the mm -hmm. bathroom. She does it in, in the scary movie with her arms flailing out like, whoa, like you're like, that's kind of how she ran now that I watch it. Son <laughs> of a bitch. <laughs> they killed it. But you get to the second and third and fourth, you're like, oh geez, don't give the Wayne's brothers any more money. Just stop. And uh, is it in scary movie two where they do the mocking of Scream 2, the opening? Yes. And uh, the character gets stabbed with a dildo through the head. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if that was like a fever dream that I had. had. No, he puts his ear next to the glory hole and it goes right through. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and we're back. Back at Tatum's house, Sydney and Tatum to. Oh, I forgot. The janitor is dressed like Freddy Krueger. Oh, yeah. Another homage. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just a straight up like, hey, remember when I did this? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of the janitor scene in Billy Madison. You know? Oh, yeah. Hey, Cyburn, do you want some of this milk? <laughs> <laughs> Back at Tatum's house, Sydney and Tatum talk about their doubts about around Cotton Weary and if the killer could still be on the loose a whole year later. Then we cut to the video store where Stu, Randy, and Billy discuss movie rules impacting real life. Uh, I cannot tell if Stu and Billy are friends with Randy or not. It's one of those, uh, and you see it a lot in these kinds of movies, yeah. where it's like, uh, I mean, Texas Chainsaw is like the the ultra version of it, um, where you have the character in the wheelchair that everybody hates. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay, I see what you're saying. Yes. It's one of these things like, why, why is this group together? Like, is it so small a town that this is it? Yeah. <laughs> were, were they those kind of elementary or middle school friends where it's like one of you had a Sega and one of you had a Nintendo and so you became friends? Right. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but they always are, they're always picking on Randy. Yeah. I'm like, well, why is Randy still around? And they reveal, well, Randy thinks he got shot with Sydney. Yes. You know, he's he's that friend. Um but I also feel like this scene is where they finally give Randy a purpose in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's Captain Exposition. Mm -hmm. He's going to tell you everything that you need to know and uh he will continue that in Scream 2. Does he make it to Scream 3? I can't remember. No, he does not. That's right. Okay. Yes. He gets killed on the quad in Scream 2. In the van. Yep. Yes. Oh, I love that kill. Oh, it's great. Uh, but we also see, this was Jamie Kennedy at his height also. Mm-hmm. Uh, because didn't he do the mask, Son of the Mask after this? After the Scream series? Um. Yeah. He did Son of the Mask and just kind of, oh, Malibu's Most Wanted. He did that also. Oh, Lord. I love Malibu's Most Wanted. <laughs> I haven't seen that in years. Oh, revisit that one um, in pieces because you can't watch it all the way through. <laughs> but was it in between or after um, he's in Three Kings? Shit, he is, isn't he? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which is which is before he had his, his TV show. And the, the Jamie Kennedy experiment, right? Yes. Oh, my God. Jamie Kennedy is the class clown of the 90s. Yeah, okay. Can we say that? Yeah, I'll buy that. All right. Uh, he, In fact, some would have said, because he was in Son of the Mask, he may have been, he, may, people may have donned him early on as the heir apparent to a Jim Carrey. Okay, yes, yeah. definitely. Um, the the thing that I've noticed recently, the, the last couple things I've noticed him in are the Tremors sequels. He's in those. He's in those. Oh my! Oh my God! Yeah. I now I have a reason to watch them. <laughs> Graboids don't uh, do it for you. Just uh, on their own. Graboids were great. One, but when they would switch a video, I was like, no, I'm going to be snooty about this and not watch those. <laughs> Sydney and Tatum go grocery shopping for the party. The killer's watching them through the store. Okay, which one is this, Stu or Billy? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Gail Weathers takes a cameraman to the party in an attempt to talk to Sydney, but Dewey intercepts her. Ooh. The cameraman is played by W. Earl Brown, who I have worked with. Really? Yes. Um, we did a movie called, it's either um, Anyone's Ghost or uh, there's there was another name that it went by during production. Okay. Um, but it, there's a the national song that they stole the title from. It was the whole thing. Oh. Um, w. Earl Brown is probably, apart from this, yeah. he was in uh, There's Something About Mary. That's right, he was. Yes. Yep. Um, he's in Deadwood. I'd never watched Deadwood. Okay. He plays a, a fairly major side character role throughout okay. the whole series of Deadwood. Um, but he's, he's one of those, that guys, 
he he was in the Training Day uh, TV show. Oh. He's, he's in True Detective. He's in the Mandalorian. Who is he in the Mandalorian? Um, who is he? Uh, he's in. It's. Um, it had to be a bit part in one of the episodes. He's the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. He's under makeup. Oh, okay. He's, so we would know. Yes. Okay. He's one of the yeah. one of your aliens. <laughs> uh, but you know, um, he, he's in documentary now. Have you? Have yes. You yeah. yeah. Um, Longmire, which I, I okay. I'm, I've I've heard of Longmire. Katie Sackoff, right? Was yeah. she in Longmire? Yeah. Okay. I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of the book series. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was a book series. All right. Yeah. Really fun, cozy, uh, Western sheriff, always doing right kind of thing. You see me, Max Sherpa. I need a Sherpa for yes, Westerns. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did want to shout out W. Earl Brown was great. He did an X-Files episode, um, which he told us about when we were on set. He had the best stories. And oh, I he bet. Would, he would just sit around. Um, that movie, we were also with um, Robin Lively. From, mm. from Teen Witch. And sister of Blake Lively. Yes. Um, Wife of Ryan Reynolds. Yes. You're four you're four degrees away from Ryan. Which is probably six degrees away from Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Ryan was no okay. <laughs> <laughs> um what what was the movie you said you worked on? Uh Anyone's Ghost. Anyone's Ghost. Okay. Mm. Any, any idea where we can find that? It's on, it's on, uh, I mean, you can get it from, from Apple movies. Okay, cool. Sure. All the, the, uh, Tim Meadows is in it. I love Tim Meadows. Yeah. He, he's great in it. Yeah. Um, some of the kids from the walking dead series, we, we got them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to see what you work on. That's yeah. All. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Like when I went to go see your documentary on uh, the basketball player. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's great. Uh, Gail Weathers takes a cameraman your boy to yep. the party in an attempt to talk to Sydney, but Dewey intercepts her. The two of them talk and seem to have a mutual affection for one another. They enter the party and Dewey chooses not to bust the party goers for underage drinking. <laughs> I love how high school parties were portrayed in the nineties today with a killer on the loose. Not a single parent would have had their kid at this party. <laughs> yeah. The, is it four where they have the barn party? Uh, that's with Emma Roberts, right? Yeah. Yep. I think so. Yes. Uh, but the kids all get away and do the same stupid shit that kids do. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> but if there's no one thing we know about teenagers, they love when a party gets crashed by a cop and a reporter. But the cop's cool about it, man. <laughs> it, it tells them to stop drinking, and he's like, "Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm not a regular cop. I'm a cool cop." Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, oh, here we go. Another ad read. Kids can be a real pain in the ass. And as they get older, they can really chip away at the parent you wish to be. That's why it is so important to take time for yourself every now and then. We at the Woodsboro Staycation Spa are here to take care of your needs without the trappings of all the problems happening at home. Mouthy teens, adultering spouses, serial killers, you won't have to worry about any of them. Advanced detoxification, deep cleansing, steam room, ice fountains, tropical immersion therapy, hot tea and aromatherapy, paired with any of our massage packages will make you sure to forget all about your problems at home, literally, and focus just on you. And for our grand opening with cooperation from our famous Woodsboro Police Department, we are going to give you all a break from it. All adults with children are welcome to stay the weekend here at Woodsboro Staycation Spa for free from Thursday to Saturday. Don't worry about your kids. We've made sure they're safe. You just worry about you. 
All of your kids will be quarantined in a house that is watched closely by one of our newest and proudest members of the forest, Deputy Dwayne Riley. Nothing will happen to them while you are in a constant state of euphoria. Woodsboro Staycation Spa. We're here, so you don't have to be there when the shit hits the fan. Meanwhile, Tatum is murdered in the garage by the killer who has infiltrated the party after all. This killer is so clumsy. (laughs) (laughs) Is this one stew? Mm. Because he goes after Rose. Yes. Which seems like the correct thing. Right. But also, Billy is supposedly not there. Right, because Billy's upstairs. He gets revealed later. He's with Sydney right now upstairs. They're upstairs already. Yeah. Okay. They went up there to talk. So wait, but Stu, he shoes everybody out after Tatum gets killed, but he and he's wearing his uh, his silken smoking jacket, <laughs> his robe, his kimono, <laughs> if you will. Stifler's party. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I think because. Okay. We've got to refer to the big board. <laughs> it's going on the board. Strap some yarn to that fucker. Okay. <laughs> uh, could the garage hold that weight? Oh, that garage door? No. I was going to say. Absolutely not. Not one of those. Like the ones that would open in one piece probably could, but not the ones that came up in like little fragments. The uh, garage door is open in fragments. I mean, you got to figure that's maybe. Uh, in a previous generation, yeah, they would have had a no safety measures. Maybe like, I remember in we built our garage in would have been the early mid nineties. Okay, uh, and the garage door, like if you hit it while it was going up, it would stop. Yeah, uh, if you walked underneath the the thing, it would stop. I also love the fact the thing is sparking like a motherfucker when it's, oh, yeah. when it's straining. I'm like. That's not how those work. <laughs> and let's be honest, you're being really cruel to Rose because she does not weigh that much. No. <laughs> it shouldn't be straining. In fact, they should just take her up. The headshot, though, is awesome. Uh, I love stuff like that. What's got an elevator, too, when elevators do it? Uh-huh. Oh, th- that's one of those things that causes a real-life phobia. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, you jump over the elevator thing when you get in that yeah. thing. I don't step slowly. No. It's like it's like escalators. It's like, I got to make sure I'm on the second step before I hit the thing. Once again, Eugene Victor Tombs from your X-Files. Oh, that's right. Oh, hi. He's had an impact on me. Oh, and some others. Uh, during the party, Billy and Sydney go upstairs, and Sydney has sex with him. Mmm. I don't get why Sydney succumbs to Billy. <laughs> is she just not in the right headspace here? This is a moment where I feel like the sex is a product of wanting to justify the three rules idea. What do you say, Josh? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's there to, like you said, they're calling their shot and then steering the, the plot towards it. Yeah, they mentioned the three rules. You got to have all three. Yeah. I'll be right back. <laughs> Uh, my God, the member berries in this movie. Uh-huh. He literally just says, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> like, <laughs> even they won't claim it's a horror movie, guys. <laughs> uh, Randy gives us three rules. So here are the three. You can never have sex. Mm-hmm. You can never drink or do drugs. And you never say, uh, I'll be... <laughs> all, all the kids, yeah. And I'll, you can never say, I'll be right back. Now, I was aware of the first two. Mm-hmm because it's all about puritanical ideas and stuff like that. Yes. But the third one, you're right. You called it all. You're like, is that a thing? Right. 
had it been a thing prior to this, there was a lot of... Uh, Don't split up. Yes, the party splits up and whoever's the smallest portion gets killed. Yes. That's... But I don't recall them it being a big thing. I'm trying to remember in any of the screams, did they ever mention the final girl idea too? Um, maybe the Emma Roberts one. Okay. Cause I feel like that that'd be an easy one to point out. Like yeah. the guys could be sitting there talking, go, well, look, we're not going to make it cause we're not in the final girl yeah. situation. Yeah. There absolutely is. Yes. I don't remember where. Okay. But that has happened. I was going to say, cause I feel like that would be a, a better third rule. Which uh, make sure make sure you're a female because you have a better chance of living. <laughs> your your cabin in the woods plays with that idea. Well, we take what we can get. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the virgin. <laughs> After the interlude between Sydney and Billy, the door opens and in walks in walks the killer who stabs Billy in the back. Another chase starts and Dewey is stabbed. Which this is funny because he stabbed in the back, but the stabs are in the front when he comes down the stairs. Oh yeah. It's uh, I always thought of it as the same as the Casey. Okay. Where he does, he gives her a reach around. Oh, that's right. He did come around, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So maybe it's the same kind of thing. Also, I think it's around here uh, where I first noticed that the, the cape has sparkles on it. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's not just a black drape. It's It's got some texture to it. It's amazing what Blu-ray can do for you these days. Yes. <laughs> like when we saw it on a screen, it was pitch black. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but in 4K, it looks like a wizard's robe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The stabs should have killed Billy if they were real. Mm -hmm. Uh, Knowing that they're not later on, I totally forgot that it was fake earlier. Like when oh, I was okay. watching yeah, this, yeah, I was yeah. like, "Time!" I was like, "That should have killed him." Uh, and Dewey begins his trek of, through five movies of being indestructible. Uh, and his wounds come and go. I mean, <laughs> <There's> a... <laughs> it, he's supernatural. Yes, I would have. You know what? I would have loved it if in Scream Six, Dewey was the killer. <laughs> he's like, "I've had enough of this shit. I'm done. <laughs> I'm gonna do some stabbing." Uh, Gail in her news van swerves to avoid hitting Sydney and runs her car down a hill, striking a tree and appearing to be killed. Okay, that accident should have killed Gail. Mm-hmm. She should have gone. Should have gone right through the windshield. Uh, there's a great once again the use uh, the liberal use of blood in this movie where um, her cameraman. Mm-hmm gets thrown on top of the van. Oh. <laughs> then he falls off in the windshield wipers. <laughs> she, and she yells at him. She's always calling him a fat piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Move your fat tumblard ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. Now we get to, this is the finale. The mm-hmm. big finale. So Sydney ends up in the house facing Randy and Stu, both claiming the other is the killer. And Stu is acting his ass off. Stu is vying to come inside and obtain the gun while Randy wants to leave. Eventually, Billy stumbles down the stairs, bloodied, and lets Randy and Stu into the house, shooting Randy and turning to reveal that the blood is fake. Billy was only pretending to be stabbed. (laughs) He was aided by his accomplice, Stu. Both of them are the killers. Billy also reveals that he was responsible for killing Sidney's mother, who had an affair with his father. Billy blamed Mrs. Prescott, that whore, for the dissolution of his parents' marriage and murdered Mrs. Prescott out of revenge. Billy and Stu also reveal that they have kidnapped Mr. Prescott, who is tied up in a closet. For how long, who knows? They have framed Mr. Prescott for the murders and intend to wound themselves to make it look as if Mr. Prescott attacked them, at which point they will both kill him and Sidney. 
How long was he in that closet during the party was going on? And nobody, he, like, he didn't try to moan? Like, he's he's gagged or whatever. Right. But you could have, like, knocked yourself against the door, made some noises. Kids are curious by nature. Someone would have opened that door. Absolutely. I, and <laughs> I recall only a few, I mean, I only went to a few kind of house parties yeah. through high school and college, uh, but people are into all your shit. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah. You might as well just put things in a vault and key if you have people over when you're a teenager. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's one smart plan he's come up with. However, the first hour of the movie kind of negates what the plan was because they're trying to kill Cindy in the first hour. Right. So I'm kind of like, okay, did we lose track of what we were trying to do here? Or are they just changing it on the fly? Like, this is plan B. Let's do this. I think it's more of it's plan B. Okay. I think that they're... Uh, I mean, they're great at self-justifying. Yes. As as they go through this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, corn syrup. <laughs> I know what that tastes like now. Uh, <laughs> it's delicious. You're welcome. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I had such a stomach ache after that whole thing. <laughs> I, I, I had such a stomach ache. <laughs> you you shouldn't have that much in your mouth. Uh, Matthew Lillard. He is so great in this scene. Mm -hmm. And Scream 7 better have him in it because he is due. And I love his line, you get it wrong, booga, you die. I still say booga. His, everything from him begging to get into the house and his his hands are both out and he's like trying to make himself seem small and yes. like non-threatening. It's like, sit, sit. Oh, it's so good. Like he's the MVP. As a physical actor, he is second to none in this movie. Mm -hmm. And even like, and let's be honest, Sid, your mom, she was no Sharon Stone. <laughs> huh? That's, uh, it, he delivers my favorite line. Uh, and I don't know if you're if I'm going to kill it here. No, kill uh, it. his, um, my parents are going to be so <laughs> mad at me. Did you really call the cops? <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Oh my God, I love it so much. Yeah, or the line, I feel a little woozy here. <laughs> yeah, it's, and against um, Skeet. Yeah. Who, he's a handsome boy. Yes, he is. He's got that going for him. He's a bit of a blank, blank slate. No, very much so. He he would be a good actual serial killer. Stu? Yeah. Yes. That's, uh, or Billy. Billy would be. Yeah, because Billy doesn't show any affect at all. Yes. If you watch like um, the David Fincher Netflix um, serial killer show, okay, a lot of them have very flat affect. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a like, no, they're a little, they're a little cold. They're a little not there. But it's funny because when Stu gets stabbed, you can see the pain on Stu's face, mm -hmm. and he wears that pain through the entire scene, right. and it gets progressively worse. But when Skeet gets stabbed. He wears the pain as he's hammering the ground. Like, oh, God, they hurt. And then he's like back to normal again. Mm -hmm. And you're like, ooh, someone should have given him some notes saying, you better writhe a little bit in pain because you got an open wound that's bleeding out. Uh, Matthew Lillard, it's he's done some, uh, he was in the Twin Peaks return. Okay. Um, where he does some also really great acting. Yeah. Where he's very put upon. Uh, but he doesn't seem like he's afraid of looking stupid. No. He does spit acting in this movie where he's fucking drooling oh. at like 
he's weeping. His eyes look shitty. He just looks. He's and, acting the shit out of every scene. Yes. <laughs> and he, he, his ego as an actor mm. seems to be placed more in how far can I go with this? Um, more like, I don't know, in the Nick Cage realm. Yes. Of like, how okay. far can I, can I push this? Uh, Before it gets insane. Yes. Yeah. The, I, I look at Matthew Lillard in this and as I'm watching him, my first thought is which take was this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how many takes to do similar to this and maintain the energy. Right. And cause everybody else is very much like, you know, they're doing their role. Right. But his just amps up more and more throughout the whole thing. And it, it, it is a shame that we haven't seen Matthew Lillard again in this series, mm-hmm. because I think that's part of the reason why Scream 2 didn't do so hot in the eyes of many people, because that energy was gone. And you try to replace it with Jerry O'Connell. Yes. And that wasn't going to work. Uh, and Timothy Oliphant. Uh, who I always confuse with Josh Duhamel. <laughs> and so is his parents. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard that story, right? No. Oh, Josh Duhamel was on uh, Conan. And he had, no, not Josh, Timothy was. <laughs> See? Uh-huh. So, yeah, Timothy was on uh, Conan. And apparently uh, him and Josh had met mm-hmm. at one point and they met at a, a baseball game. And he had, and Timothy had his family there. And he said, hey, Josh, can you take a picture with my family? And they used that family or that picture as their Christmas card. <laughs> and his mother had no idea. Oh my God. That it was a different person. That's perfect. Oh, <laughs> I have felt alone in my theory that, that they have, uh, they cause face blindness between the two of them. Yeah, they're very similar looking. Yes. Very much so. And the, the same kind of manner. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a, I was thinking about this the other day, like other actors and actresses look identical to each other. I can't remember who that they're off, off hand though, which is kind of pointless. Why am I saying this now? I'm going to move on. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, how do these kids get access to such great props? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> how do they get these fake knives and all this corn syrup? No one noticed two kids buying a whole bunch of corn syrup and red dye? It's a small town. It is a small town. And, they, the, and the adults are nowhere. Yes. They had to be shopping in that same mart that the girls go shopping in earlier. Maybe right? that's when they were getting it. Oh. But why were they getting costume to do it? <laughs> so do you think the thing that hit me, do you think the bodega scene yeah. in the newest Scream is referential to this? I, I, to think it, I think it is, but I also hate that scene so much in that new movie. Oh, I fucking loved it. I hate it because it reminds me of the bathroom scene in this. Okay. It's an easy kill. It's a yes. small place. And the the way that they structured the store, all he had to do was knock over one thing. They would have all fallen down on them. He would have just been like, gotcha, boom, boom, done. And the place is small enough that it seems like one shotgun blast would, would cover most of the store. Right. But, yeah. but I didn't know that I needed to see Ghostface pump a shotgun but i did oh no that's cool <laughs> that that part is awesome yes. yeah. um billy and Stu inflict flesh wounds on one another with a knife but they are interrupted by gail weathers who returns armed with dewey's gun gail forgets to switch off the gun safety and a struggle ensues because that happens sydney strikes back at her tormentors killing Stu with a television and shooting billy in the head with the gun um yeah the that's the theory of why lillard could come back 
is we never see his corpse. No, we just see him electrocuted a little bit. Yes. Um, but Which I could have swore when I, like, it, may, it was just something I made up in my head. I could have swore that when they do the news coverage at the end that you see Lillard being uh, taken out on an ambulance wreck. Oh. I may have made that up in my head. Yeah. Because that doesn't happen. When I, I was like, oh, I guess that's it. And then in Scream 6, they mentioned this is the TV that killed Stu. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so we're finally giving it credence now. He's dead. Yeah. Five movies later. <laughs> um, which the ending of Scream 6, I think, is awesome. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ending was great. Okay. Yeah, where they're in the the, the shrine. Yes. Um, yeah. Dewey's revealed to be alive, as is Randy, because Dewey doesn't die. Uh, all ends well as Gail reports that the Mocker House has been the scene of what seemed to be some real-life scary movie. Ah, see what they did there? And that's all, folks. According to top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter reading of 64%. Oh, God. What? They give it a 6.8 out of 10 on the no. tomato meter. Yes. Here's what some of these dipshits had to say. <laughs> oh my God. This, this makes me angry. Uh, by the time Scream arrives at its final twist, Craven has done too many contortions of his own to give the finale much shock value. What? What? Let's go back to 1996 and see what they said fresh back then. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this was a, the, the, er, the earliest rotten one we have is from 2000. Not even mm. horror fans who can answer all this film's knowing trivia questions may be fully comfortable with such an exploitative mix. It's an homage, Janet. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so much fun. <laughs> oh my, I hate when these people don't understand what they were watching. Um, here's another one. While Scream has its frights, it feels more like one of those solve the mystery jigsaw puzzles than a real movie. Those are movies. That's, those are and great movies. Susan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's see. Uh, if the people who made Scream were half as clever as they seem to think they are, this would be a much smarter movie. Nope. Jeff from the Minneapolis Star Tribune, you're a dick. <laughs> yeah, hard disagree, Jeff. <laughs> now, the audience, mm -hmm. who tends to be smarter, um, they gave it a 80%. Okay. With, let's see, a 3.9 out of 5. So about a 4 out of 5, an 80%. Okay. So, which kind of what we, we were talking about earlier. better. Before we read things, in, before I read things, you didn't do anything <laughs> wrong, I did it. It's all me. <laughs> um, okay, so movie's over. So you're entertained? Absolutely. This, the, in the parlance of our times, yeah, uh, it, it's a banger. It, ooh, it it slaps. It does. Yes. No, oh, no cap. Yeah, huh? <laughs> it's a bop. Yes. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you aged yourself with that one. It's uh, it, this movie's bussin'. Okay, I, is that good or bad? I, I think it's good. Uh -huh. They're trying to teach me stuff. Uh huh. This movie's got a lot of riz. Ooh, I like that. It's got, got drip. It's got drip. It uh -huh. drips with drip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> For me, yeah, nostalgically, it's like throwing on a cozy blanket. Mm -hmm. I watched this and I'm taken right back to where I was in 96. Absolutely. Love it. But now it's time to find out if the awards got it right. F the Academy Awards, nothing. Golden Globes, nothing. That's because they're not fun. Okay, the Saturn Awards, here we go. So we got six nominations, three wins. Best Actress went to Nev Campbell for Scream. She beat Frances McDormand. Should be Gina Davis, Gina Gershon, Helen Hunt for Twister. Okay, but as a genre film, yep. uh, Fargo should be right out. Fargo's 
a whole different thing. Oh, I don't know about that, Gunderson. <laughs> uh, bound, Gina Gershon. Oh, that's that is a strong performance, and at least the first five minutes. <laughs> bound is the up of live action movies. Oh, okay. We remember the first five, and everything after that, we go. Hey, it was in the trailer. Oh, I don't know. Like Joey Pants, he's he's great in that movie. Okay, he is good. Yeah. Who directed Bound? Uh, the Wachowskis. Thank you. Yep. That's right. That's what got them the Matrix. Yep. Uh, okay, so it was nominated for Best Director, but it lost to Roland Emmerich for Independence Day. Mm, I, it's I, hard to beat the box office on that one, but... Yes. But I feel like looking at the, uh, the other movies here... Yeah. Not anybody, but a lot of people could have directed Independence Day. Right. It's... It's, it's kind of bog standard. But you know who my favorite is in this group? Is it Peter Jackson? The Frighteners. Yes. I love this movie so much. Yes. And uh, it's got the, you know, remember we talking about faces? Yeah. Matthew Lillard and Jake Busey. Okay. Has also turned in some great work. Yes, he has. Yes. Uh, okay. Then we got best horror film. Scream wins. Uh, beat the Frighteners. Yeah, it should have. Mm -hmm. uh, curdled. Did you see Curdled? I have not seen Curl. How about Cemetery Man? Yes. You have? Yes. And your thoughts? Uh, it's it's fun. Okay. It's it's not on the same caliber. The Craft? It's fun. It's fun. Uh, the It's sequel made me think less of the original. <laughs> it is that bad. <laughs> Wait, was that the requel that they did? Yeah. Okay. I didn't watch that. I never saw it. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's not worth watching? No. Okay. And then The Relic. I never saw The Relic. I heard, Relic came out the same as, as Mimic. Yes. And Mimic... Uh, is the Gamer del Toro mm -hmm. a lot of fun. But but you know what? Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Best Supporting Actor, Brent Spiner for Star Trek First Contact wins over Skeet Ulrich and Scream. Mm. Okay. I don't know. I, I do like to see Brent Spiner win things. Well, I do too. Just, just in general, that, that pleases me. But he's also not really acting. Yeah, he's a he's a robot. That's day one of acting. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing the opposite of emoting. Then again, we did say Skeet couldn't emote either. Apparently, that's, that's true. <laughs> uh, but Joey Pants is in there mm -hmm. for Bound. Uh, now we got Best Supporting Actress Alice Krieg for Star Trek: First uh, Contact wins over Drew Barrymore. Mm. Drew Barrymore wasn't really in the movie. She was in the first five. It well, it's longer than that, but yeah. Like, would you give? Uh, uh, who was it in Psycho? Gently. Thank you. Would you would you, would you have given her a Best Supporting Actress for that movie? Because mm. mm. that was essentially what this was. It was an homage to that. Yeah. And she does more. She does more? Yeah. Y yeah. So if you're not giving it to her, you definitely can't give it to her. <laughs> because it's one sequence. Right. She doesn't carry any emotional weight or tension. At least with Psycho, Janet Lee was in it for a good 20 minutes before anything happened. Yeah, and uh, and you think that it's a whole other movie. Oh, absolutely. You, you think, don't know what you're watching. Yeah, you think it's a, a crime film about how she steals $40,000 from her boss. Right. Yeah. Which, great, great beginning of a movie. Yeah. Uh, best writer went to Kevin Williamson for Scream. He wins. Um, beats the Wachowskis, beats Independence Day, First Contact, The Frighteners, Mars Attacks. It's iconic. Yeah. It, the, the, everybody remembers lines from this movie, and that goes to the writing. 
I mean, I did quote Independence Day earlier today. Did you? Well, before I got here. Oh, before I got here. Okay. I said, welcome to Earth Day. Yep. <laughs> now we go to the MTV Movie Awards. Two nominations. Best Female Performance. Dev Campbell. Sorry. You lost to Claire Danes, Claire Danes and Romeo and Juliet. Yep. I... I do agree with that. I do too. Yes. Uh, just for the fact that she had to memorize Shakespeare. Uh, best movie, Scream wins, beats out Jerry Maguire, Independence Day, Romeo and Juliet, and The Rock. What a year. Yeah, that is, that's a strong list of contenders right there. And honestly, I would have been okay with all five. Whomever won, I'd been like, yep. Yeah, that's, yep. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Time for our next segment, top three, bottom three. This is where we talk about the three things we want to highlight in the movie, and then go over the three things that are bad, unforgivable, or downright travesties. We'll start with the top three. I'll go first. My number three, the whodunit aspect opened up this subgenre of horror movies to a new generation, and it is still one of the best. Mm -hmm. My number two, the phone usage in 1996 is absolutely brilliant. From caller ID to cordless phones to the jarring nature of the ring, it's a jump scare in itself. Mm -hmm. The phone itself is the second MVP next to Matthew Lillard. Okay. I, yeah, I see what I wrote there. <laughs> My number one, the casting of this movie is perfect. It is perfect. Mm -hmm. it, it's perfectly 90s, and each of these characters are iconic 30 years later. We still remember all of them. It's beautiful. What are your, your, what are your top three? My top three, uh, the music, Ooh. right? The score and the soundtrack, which I had both okay. on, on CD. The score was split between the first two movies. Okay. The Beltrami score. Uh, Did they use the same score for both? No, it was like- He, he wrote new music. They would only do, it's kind of like, um, there was a Fargo and Raising Arizona yeah. one that they did which it was had like half the score or something. Oh, okay, like. yeah, okay. They didn't release the whole thing, which is stupid because it's great. Right. Um, and the soundtrack for uh, Scream has a very strong, it's uh, the entire franchise. Okay. Has strong soundtracks that tie it immediately to, and great usage of the music. Yeah, the, the yeah. Needle drops uh, of um, School's Out, Mm -hmm. in the movie, it's fantastic stuff. Red right hand, baby. Yep, yep. <laughs> which they play twice in this. Yeah. I've never seen a movie use the same song twice like that. <laughs> yeah. But they're like, it's so good. Bring the bells in. <laughs> Those bells. <laughs> Boom, wink, wink. <laughs> uh, the cinematography. Yes. It, which, it bums me out that the other movies don't look like this. Wes only did this one, didn't he? Uh, ooh, didn't he do two? For some reason, I thought he'd bow it out after the first one. Mmm. Mmm. Let's let's do a check on do that. Do a little deep dive here. Yes. He did two and three. He did two and three. And four. He didn't do four. He did do four. <sighs> yeah. Then he died. Yes. Okay. Which um the cinematography, uh, there's a whole rabbit hole you can go down. Okay. With uh, the the first cinematographer with these lenses was not experienced and had he was let go. Okay. Yeah. And he has a gripe about it to this day. Did they use any of his film? I don't believe so. Okay. Yes. There's a whole thing. Um, I think it's on the, uh, maybe the Deacons, Roger Deacons podcast. Okay. Um, where they kind of open up this of like, no, someone on a major film fucked up 
mm. and couldn't pull focus correctly because of these anamorphic lenses. That That'd be a problem. Using. Yes. <laughs> uh, which it makes it, it's a lot more dynamic when the camera's moving in and out. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of movement. You will occasionally see some bending around the edges of the frames, like when it goes through a doorway. Yeah. Because of the style of lenses they're using, but it makes the, all the action come alive. Well, that's the thing is this movie doesn't have a whole lot of quick zooms. Right, right. Like it, it's all like, this is the stage. This is what you're going to see. This is all we're going to show you. Yes. And that's what I like is that they, the cinematography, they're all about, we'll show you what we want to show you. You're not going to catch anything in the background. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's thoughtful. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite thing, the gore. Yes. Uh, from uh, Steve and Casey in yes. the beginning, both getting just eviscerated, <sighs> just from groin to gullet kind of situation uh in the ending it's surprisingly bloody everybody is covered in it. oh yeah gail does the report at the end still wearing some of the blood yes it's uh that that foyer yes that it's trashed you're gonna have to pull up you're gonna have to go down to the sub flooring the only thing they're missing from that scene is the the sound of your sneakers going over dried blood drying oh blood. yeah yeah because if you add that in there we're at another level now yep yeah, they do not skimp on the red stuff. In no. Okay, time for the bottom three. Time to vent. Okay, my number three, there's some inconsistencies in tone and not understanding how high schoolers act compared to adults. Mm -hmm. My number two, phone etiquette has made this movie a bit dated. Back then, if the phone rang, you felt compelled to answer it without knowing who was on the other end. Today, if the phone rings, you wouldn't answer it unless you know who was on the other end. Absolutely. And my number one, when you call out a movie trope within a movie, it's guaranteed to happen within that movie. It's almost like the writers think that by saying it out loud, now nobody can point the finger at you about lazy writing. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, being one of the first or the first to explicitly do that mm. buys it some grace. It does. Yes. It buys it grace, but it also, when you see it so many times later on mm -hmm. and you go, okay, well, where the hell did this start? Fuck you, scream. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, it is, you, you see that trend in things so often where yeah. somebody will hate the originator because it's become played out later. It's almost like it, it, it's now seeped into what we're seeing nowadays with reviews mm -hmm. where people will hate on something before they've even seen it. Yes. Uh, which I'm completely against that crap. When it was, oh, the trailer looks like shit, so it's going to be crap. But the trailer didn't look bad. You're just pissed off about something else. There's a whole, I, I have th a thought on this. Mm. Okay. Um, I don't know if you were ever a follower of, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, like cinema sins. Oh yeah. Yeah. The everything, you, everything wrong in seven minutes or whatever it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they're local. Sins, oh, are they? Yes. Uh, when they would occasionally do like, hey, we're going to the movies and we're going to do a quick review, you'd see them outside of the Opry. Oh, okay. Of Opryland. Okay. Uh, the mall. Um, but I think that they have poisoned the minds. Oh, yes. Of so many watchers who think that some kind of inconsistency, whether it's real or perceived, mm -hmm. uh, is it makes the movie trash. It's a mortal sin. Yes. A, a plot hole. Mm -hmm. It No. You keep every movie has plot holes. Yes. It's, you, you have to, uh, there's the suspension of disbelief. You oh. have to go into a movie with, um, you, and I always say, give every movie one leap of faith. Yes. Like something where you go, I'll believe it for this movie. Yeah. Which I think, um, is, is it Sid field or, um, uh, the guy who Brian Cox 
uh, portrayed in uh, adaptation. Oh, I don't remember his name. Yeah. Who did story? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, one of those was like, you get one. Mm-hmm. You, you might be able to earn a second or third. Right. But if someone walks into the theater, you get one big leap of faith. You get one kind of, why did the asteroid fall in this guy's backyard? Right. Yes. Yeah. One of those. Because the story has to start at somebody's backyard. Yes. It has to be this one. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, I absolutely think that it's uh, an epidemic that has come about because of uh, sort of the second wave of YouTube commenters. Well, that's the thing, I, you know, and I always, like, I enjoy watching pitch meeting and I enjoy watching, um, honest trailers and mm-hmm. stuff like that because I could separate my ideas from what they're saying. I can see it's purely entertainment. It's like watching scary movie and scream. Yeah. yeah. This is scary movie. This is scream. They're not the same damn thing. Right. And like when we do things like when I do stuff for this, for the show and I do like my one way reviews, you know, I've seen the movie. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to give you as shallow a idea of the movie as possible mm-hmm. because just because I don't like something, doesn't mean that you're not going to forgive it. Right. I'll say like, this is how long the damn movie is. Cause that matters. This is, this is the amount of time. Is it a good movie? Well, I didn't fall asleep. Right. You know? And it's, I don't like it when I hear people say like, you know, Oh, well I would have watched it, but I watched the honest trailers and it wasn't. Yeah. Stop no. it. Back <laughs> off with that shit. Right. It, it, that, that's not reality. Yeah. You know, I, I said, I think one of my buddies said, that to me at one point I said I could do an honest trailers on the Godfather yes and you'd want you wouldn't want to watch it yep. they're like well you could do it with that I was like I'll do one right now uh-huh. and then for two minutes on the phone I just ranted and they were like oh god I was like that's what you're watching mm-hmm. I go watch the movie and then watch it for the fun yeah you know uh, even you talk about your response to something yeah uh, Ebert would occasionally just trash a movie mm-hmm but his book of negative reviews wasn't called these movies are trash. It was called I hated, hated, hated this movie. <laughs> it's there is a difference yeah. between proclaiming something is junk right. and nobody should enjoy it mm-hmm. and saying, I hated this. Well, it's also like when you have athletes and mm-hmm. here's me go, Oh, that athlete's trash. They can't do shit. Right. Well, they're in the NBA. <laughs> yes. Yeah. E- even the worst player in the NBA is better than most. Right. Uh, you know, but I think, I think part of the thing is when people say those things, what I think half the people that say those things are saying it relative to the rest of the oeuvre mm-hmm. and not what other people think is trash. Like they hear trash, they go, oh, trauma film. Uh, you know, yes. Trauma films, if you watch them, you're like, there's some art there. Yeah. <laughs> there is some art in those movies. You know, I've been waiting for this Toxic Avenger movie forever. Oh yeah. When is that happening? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, there's some of us that are just waiting for this and it'll wow people that want to be wowed. <laughs> <laughs> but those are my three. Uh-huh. What are your three? Okay. Even though I, I praise the, a lot of the writing. Yeah. And it's the trash. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolute shit. <laughs> uh, I think that this movie, this uh, Kevin Williamson's work, the series as a whole has Juno syndrome mm, where you, e- you either get on the wavelength of the dialogue yeah or you're out i like it it's it's a it's a hurdle to clear is that a joshism yes okay it's become real (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like i said it's that aspirational clever dialogue it's like a tarantino film or a sorkin yes sorkin script yeah Yeah. 
uh, if you don't buy that first scene in the social network, you're fucking out for the movie. Right. Yeah. It's the style is just in your face. Yeah. Everybody is elevated. Everybody, you know, everybody knows all this stuff. Right. Yep. Uh, number two, it ushered in a whole new wave of horror films. A lot of them tried to be as clever and weren't. Yes. And they're not as fun. Uh, and some of them go back to the, the originators and you kind of get another wave of sleaziness, mm-hmm. which is cool. Okay. You know what I mean? It, it has its own place. Like, I, I wanted to ask you this. I was thinking about it earlier because I, I wanted to ask you specifically about this because you certainly have seen way more horror than I ever have. Uh-huh. Since Scream, has there been another movie that, another horror movie that did it just as well? Okay. That the, uh, that ups the horror or the meta element? The meta element. The meta element. Yeah. Um, the first one that comes to mind would be Trick or Treat. I love Trick or Treat. Yes. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yes, it does. Okay. The, the whole thing is predicated on, for those that don't know, uh, the rituals around Halloween. Yes. And knowing your horror movie tropes, um, especially there's the, uh, the Anna Paquin the werewolf and vampire scene. Yes. 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 You're like, you have to know what a final girl is. They don't talk about it, but if you know these tropes, mm-hmm. you it leads you down one way and then flips the script. Yeah. In very clever ways. That's why that's my Halloween movie. Like, yeah. I know your Halloween movie is Halloween minus trick or treat. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, for straight up, this is a different, slightly different conversation. For straight up thrills. Yes. Smile. So... I didn't see Smile in the theater. Okay. But I saw it on Amazon Prime. It was on Amazon Prime, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Or Hulu. It was one of those. So I started watching it, and I couldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. I was, it was slow moving. Mm-hmm. I didn't really recognize the actress at the beginning, so I was kind of like, I was already kind of like trying to buy into something, and I was waiting. I didn't see a whole lot of personality out of her, so it was hard for me to relate. Okay. And so maybe I need to rewatch it again, because everybody swears by Smile, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be, I don't want Smile to be another Blade Runner for me. <laughs> okay. Where I'm sitting there like, everybody says it's great, and I don't see it, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? I bought Blade Runner so I could rewatch it multiple times to finally like it. And this is OG Blade Runner. OG Blade Runner. Okay. Yeah, the director's cut. I used to have the the briefcase box set. Yeah, that had I think five cuts in it. Okay, yeah, and I watched. They all had commentary too. Really, it was an insane amount of content. Because before I bought it on Voodoo, I was like, okay, which one am I supposed to buy? Yeah, yeah, because there's like seven different versions. Yep. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, and they give you like summaries of each one. I'm like, it sounds like the latest one's the one I want. Yes. So I put that on and I watched it and I was like, maybe I just missed my window on this. Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't watch it when I was younger, when I was into star Wars and aliens and all that stuff. And that was kind of like that. The science fiction br- branched into those three different genres all of a sudden of mm-hmm. horror fantasy and just straight up sci-fi. Right. And I, lean into these two, but not that one over there for some reason. And smiles. Another one where I'm sitting there going, did I miss the boat on this one? Mm-hmm. I hope I didn't. I was in a theater yeah. when I saw it, um, which I've had a couple theater experiences where it, it might be elevated mm-hmm. because you're in the theater. Uh, the Descent was another one. Okay. 
you know, fucked me up, it, which is still, we covered it on a Nashville CA a while back. Still a really well done movie. Yeah. Uh, but smile. I was, I, I was so tense <laughs> through so much of this film. Um, there is a, which if anybody doesn't know, it's a jump scare movie. Smile. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it plays a lot with like trauma and, uh, you know, stuff like that. So it does, it does feel like it has something to say, especially at the end. Um, but a lot of the scares are jump scares and the director is great at them. Okay. Um, the Parker, his name is Parker Finn. Um, he's got a couple shorts that you can find on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're the same thing The his, the preview he did for smile, the, his proof of concept for it is amazing on a small budget. Okay. Um, and there was a scene, there's a jump scare in here where I literally threw my popcorn and knocked my own hat off. <laughs> it got me that good. And the woman down the row from me threw her popcorn and goes, Oh, is it when her head? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> She, she approaches the car, right? Yep. Yeah. And that was in the, that was in the trailer. It's in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. See, I've only had one scare like that, and that was during The Sixth Sense. Oh, okay. Where I was sitting there, and it's when Haley Joe Osment uh, hides in the tent, mm -hmm. and the, the clips come off, and it pans down straight to uh, the girl throwing up. Oh, God. And it's like just this awful face. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting there and it panned down and it hit the spot. And I just, I yelled out, oh shit. And I got <laughs> out of my seat. <laughs> and the girl I was with started laughing hysterically. Just like, oh my God. I was like, was it right? Oh my God, that scared the hell out of me. Uh huh. Because it was so frightening looking. But when I watch it now, I'm like, it's such a slow camera movement. I just wasn't ready. <laughs> uh, that, the other one would be uh, hereditary. Which one or which, which moment? Uh, the head out the window. Oh, <laughs> that was, I was, I took my, I laughed when I saw it. I took my oldest to see it yeah. uh, because she wanted to. Yeah. yeah I, she was like 17, 16 at the time. Okay. And wanted to see it. And I was like, oh yeah, new horror movie. Cool. Yeah. It looks weird. Uh, and that happened. I go, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause you, everything's okay. And then all of a sudden you just hear the thump. <laughs> Oh, I love those. I love when that happens. Fantastic. And uh, your final okay. one. My final one, you praise the whodunit. Yes. I don't feel like Sid's dad is ever, he's never made to be a credible killer. No, it's almost like they threw the red herring in there and they're like, by the way, this is a red herring. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I think it would have been more fun for the audience if to really build that layer on. Um, like Friday the 13th, OG. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a whodunit. Yeah. But it, it cheats. You don't, you don't know that Betsy Palmer is there until the final quarter yes. of the film even. Right. Uh, and there's really like one or two scenes where she plays the concerned citizen mm -hmm. and you think that, that uh, she might be a victim as well. Right. Um, this, if you had that opening scene with her dad mm -hmm. and he has seen as kind of this loving caring and then you played up that she couldn't get in touch with him yeah you know the problem with that is i feel like you you have to add some scenes mm -hmm. and this movie is brisk it moves it's snappy yeah it is like it's 90, a quick 
94? It's a quick hour 51. Oh, is it? It's an hour is it, 51. Is that long? Unless I forgot to change that also. You might have forgotten to change it. No. No, I didn't. Are you sure? Maybe I didn't. I don't know. What? I'd hate to think I'm this lazy. Because <laughs> I, I, it's been a long time since I was. Uh-huh. It's, it's an hour 51. Is it? Yes. But oh. it moves. You don't even know it. Yeah. It, Little Shop of Horrors feels longer than this, and that's an hour 29. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah, when I when I tagged it last night, I was partway through the movie. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, the movie just pops along, mm-hmm. uh, and I I think that that would have it it would have been more satisfying mystery. Yeah, but it would have ruined the pace of what happens. No, and I think part of it also is they reveal things about the dad throughout the movie at points where you're kind of like, I want to get through the scene to get to where the kids are. Yep, like yep. it's all talk with the two police officers where they're talking with their cigarette and ice cream cone. Yes, or. When it's Gale and Dewey walking around, they're like, oh, yeah, we just found his 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 car right there. It's like, well, fuck, he cares. Give me back to Randy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your interests are in other places. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. This movie slaps, as you said. Yes, yes. yes it slaps. Uh, okay. Critics rating. We use an A to F scale here. A plus to F, actually. Uh, a plus is the highest. F is the lowest. If it gets F's from everybody on the show, it goes to a new category movie, The Movie Planet Global Killer. It's what we call a global killer. The end of mankind. Doesn't matter where it hits. Nothing would survive, not even bacteria. <laughs> Thanks, Billy Bob. Uh, so the question is, what do you give 1996 a scream in the horror movie genre by today's standards? So uh, do you want to start or do you want me to go? You go. Okay. Okay. Since this movie's inception, nobody has been able to deconstruct a genre the way this franchise has, almost to the point of redundancy. But this movie is not redundant. This is the flashpoint of metal horror in the mainstream. And like most firsts in the movie industry, the question becomes, is it still relevant? Is it still as good as it was back when it first came out? Is it still scary today? Great horror requires a balance of solid storytelling and scares. Too much of one or the other dilutes the product. In 1996, with what we were used to seeing horror-wise, this was a slasher flick that was genuinely scary and had great storytelling. Today, it is still the best of the Scream franchise, although you could make a case for Scream 5 if it's your first time watching it. Okay. The cast is perfect for all their roles. Matthew Lillard and Skeet Ulrich have great chemistry. Matthew Lillard and Rose McGowan have great chemistry. Matthew Lillard and Jamie Kennedy have great chemistry. In fact, I could make a case that if Matthew Lillard wasn't in this movie, it would not have hit so well. Dude is the Taco Bell unsung hero for this movie. What's unsettling about this today is the whodunit aspect of the story. Who is the killer? And then it's the fact that once you know who the killer is, the movie almost dares you to watch it again to see if you can see how Stu and Billy pulled it off. Overall, by today's standards, I think this movie is still incredibly rewatchable, still has the best horror whodunit of the past 30 years. I think the only competition to scream in this type of genre is itself at this point, because everything that tries to outdo it just looks like a junior varsity clone. Scream from 1996 is an A- for me. Okay. Josh. Yes. It's on you, do. So I come to these movies a lot of times, not just from uh, previously in my pre-critical phase, you just either go, yay, or boo. That's how we all started off. Yes. Uh, which, <laughs> you know, this was hit when I was 17. Mm-hmm. It was a yay. Yay. From the jump. Yes. Um, and I feel like 
you you hadn't seen anything like this for so long. We've said it multiple times. It revived horror movies. Yes. Uh, it brought them into the modern age. It did something different with them, not just from the, the writing, the meta aspect. The filmmaking was clean and crisp. It was high end. It wasn't. And I, I love these trashy horror films, right? But it had a sheen to it. Yes. Yeah. I, like I said, My Bloody Valentine, mm-hmm. great, but it's not as well made as this. Right. Uh, you said, you know, you don't see anything in the frame that you're not supposed to. Everything is intentional. The use of color mm-hmm. in this film is fantastic. Um, the, the clothing, the outfits, <laughs> everybody looks distinct. And like it's their style coming through mm-hmm. that bleeds through to the personality of the piece as a whole. Right. Which a lot of these films, a lot of the imitators don't have. They, they're a lot flatter. They're a lot more bland. They don't carry the same pizzazz that this does. <laughs> I like that. Which you have with Lillard, especially bringing the heat that he does, but you have this friction with all these characters. Um, uh, Sid and Tatum have their whole own thing, which they feel realistic. Yes. And even though their dialogue is heightened, the core feels true, which is something that you didn't have in the a lot of the earlier horror films. Okay. A lot of the earlier slashers. Later on, the screams, I think, do it well. They're, they're competing <laughs> with themselves. <laughs> um, even Scream 3, which I rewatched recently. Oh, okay is does a lot of things right. I did not like it the first time I saw it. I thought it was too goofy. Okay. Uh, but it's one of those, when you watch, especially that first trilogy, it's building. There's parts that come from this movie that they utilize, especially in number three. Yeah. Because you have the set of the film that you just watched <laughs> within the movie. <laughs> I forgot about that. They are on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think that... Um, the ability that this spawned a, a franchise that is still going strong, that is still raking in box office, mm-hmm. that's still getting good reviews. That's something about the cleverness of this this film in particular. The seed that sprung the rest of this, I, I think it's it's solid. All the way through, top to tail. It's a straight up A. It's an A. Yep. All right. Well, this just got interesting. <laughs> so as much as I was celebrating Poltergeist finally making it in the Pantheon, <laughs> oh, no. it so quickly exits. <laughs> so Poltergeist gets pushed out again. <laughs> and now Scream gets elevated. See what I did there? Uh <laughs> Scream gets elevated Ooh. above Evil Dead 2013 to take the number two spot behind The Exorcist with a 93.5 average. Mm-hmm. So it goes Exorcist, Scream, Evil Dead 2013, The Thing from 82, Jaws, Cabin in the Woods, and It Chapter One. And I got a feeling It Chapter One's days are numbered also. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only a matter of time before that goes. Um, but uh, wow, we did some damage to this Pantheon today. Yeah, we fucked it up good. We fucked it up good. But honestly, I would watch all seven of these movies right now. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going down to 
shit this is a good list it's a damn good list yeah even the the rest portion uh i think yeah probably not the thing in mother i'm what? not i'm not watching those every you know what's funny? 2011 i i'll watch the thing 2011 whenever i want to watch the 1982 thing because mm-hmm. i watch him now 2011 the 1982 as one long story okay as twas intended apparently mm-hmm. to no one's storytelling prowess <laughs> <laughs> all we've got time for today movie planters next week we'll be watching i don't know what we'll be watching you can email the movie planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com if you enjoyed the show subscribe on itunes spotify or podbean and give us a four or five star review like us on facebook twitter and follow our instagram the opinions expressed on the movie planet podcast are those of the individual hosts the movie planet podcast is not affiliated with prepared for approved or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. Josh, any last words? Uh, Check out my other shows. Okay, yeah, pimp it out. Yeah, Stagecoach Justice. Uh, If you want to get an introduction to Westerns, we go through series by series, different uh, time genres, or different times, different subgenres within, a lot of fun. Or Nashville CA, my double feature uh, podcast where we kind of pair things up, but it's mostly based on what we feel like. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Check those out. I know I'll be checking out the Western one at some point because I got an Achilles heel. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for listening. Happy movie watching. Josh, thanks for coming on. We'll see. Hopefully soon. Yes. We'll do another one. All right. And we're out. <laughs>